Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The... <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. Yeah. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, good morning, don't know when you're listening to this podcast that we do. My name's Justin Crosley, I'm your host for tonight. Hello. And for the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. I'm back Whoa. here. Got Whoa. back from Colorado last night. Been out there for a month. How, how are your arms? Uh, I didn't say I flew back. I said I got back. God. I know. I'm just asking about your arms. They're fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. Weak as I've ever been. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, I drove the old Volkswagen back. Oh. I brought it there last oh, your legs. Uh, April. <laughs> uh, a lot of pushing. <laughs> uh, she busted great. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Oh, great. oh man, that, that bus is a champion. Uh, yeah, I brought it there in April and uh, needed a car. Plus, it was a good uh, marketing tool. It's the colors of the hop grenade, and I we had those magnet logos put on it. So uh, it was a little billboard driving around town. But I was afraid of the Colorado winter. I didn't oh, yeah. want to leave. I love that bus, and it's a good rust-free California Volkswagen. I could not bear to leave it in the snow. And the salt and the whatever salt, else yeah. they use. Although they tell me there oh, that they yeah. don't use salt on the roads. What do they use? Some Pepper? other cancer-causing <laughs> chemical, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, drove it back. Had a nice drive. Um, went through Salt Lake City, which is a... Salt Lake's... Utah... People don't give Utah enough credit. Everybody just focuses on the 
the Mormons. Well, the Mormons, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy which is, alcohol laws. Which is true. Uh, it's a very. It's like fifty percent of the population or something. My brother lives there, uh, so I got a little bit of insight into that. But Utah is, is a beautiful state. Oh, yeah. I heard driving yeah. through. It's just oh, I loved. It. I I had gone the southern route on the way there, and that's beautiful too. And then yeah, I went through Salt Lake. There are definitely some some uh, Mormon impacts there. Like uh, my brother. And his wife just bought a house there, and he was telling me like uh, they they had you have trouble finding a house with less than five bedrooms. <laughs> uh, it's just because and of the market. There's three in each one because of all your wives, all, all the children. Uh, because of the whole repopulating the earth or whatever. I think the oh. wives thing is on the down low now, so they don't say that. Oh, okay. uh, they're also they're all built um, with these. Like apocalypse storage rooms. Oh yeah, because as <laughs> as part of the deal, the cult, whatever, the part of the religion, uh, you're supposed to store X amount of. You got to be ready. Supply. So yes. he, he has this. I mean, some of these things are really cool for like everybody. He has this super cool uh, food storage thing in his basement. Yeah. And then there's something about like the front room. Like they all have a front room. You, you know, that most of us would call the 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 living room. No, like the, the, the other room. one. The, yeah, like the family, the family room, room okay. or, the, or the den or, or whatever. Okay. But its placement it, there is very important. It has to be right at the at the front door. Because apparently there's like monthly coaching or check-ins, and so in case your house is messy and you, you didn't want to invite your your Mormon coach in, huh. you know they they don't have to go much past the the front room. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so yeah, a lot of things like that. Um, anyhow, I just I found that fascinating. My brother was showing me his house, which is enormous, and he's like, and they have like they have one kid. Uh, I was just like, yeah, well, I thought you guys were downsizing. And he's like, <laughs> he's like dude, we, we tried. <laughs> you, kinda, <laughs> you just kind of can't. So that was really cool. And then uh, I went through um, Mammoth Lakes, too. Oh, huh? revisiting the old the old oh. haunts of the BN. Yeah. All right. This time in the bus, not the RV. Right. Uh, okay. Great. Nothing Every, caught fire. No, nothing that caught no. fire. Because the bus weighs like eight pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Justin I, would find a way. I, I, I tried. Um, so that was nice. I, you know, because there's only a couple routes home from, from Salt Lake. You, you can go through Reno. Right. I just, I, I might not have made it back for the show if I did that. Uh, and I just thought it'd be a nicer drive because you get to drive through Yosemite and stuff. And I went to Mammoth Brewing. Yeah. Um, it was kind of dead there, uh, but I had a couple you know, a couple pale ales, of course. Yeah. It was nice. I checked into the hotel there, uh, which is like, um, yeah, it turns out it's a seven-minute walk from the hotel to the, to the brewery. Okay. And the lady at the desk was like, I got there after dark. It was like 8.30. She's like, oh, oh, you're going to the brewery. Well, it's walking. It, you know, it's only a seven-minute walk. And I, I know it's after dark, but it's a safe neighborhood. It's really safe here. <laughs> maybe bears, but... Right. Oh. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound safe. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> the definition of safe in Mammoth Lakes <laughs> is different than in Martinez. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you encountered a... bears the last time you were there, too. I did. We did. I, yeah. There we was... looked out the window, and they were actively around <laughs> right. within rock-throwing distance. But they weren't going to take your wallet. No, exactly. <laughs> that's and that's, true. Clearly, that's what she thought I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. So I thought about even driving the seven minutes, but yeah. my fear of a DUI was stronger than my fear of bears. Right. <laughs> But it was kind of a frightening walk. It was really dark, and I did fine, apparently. I, I apparently. <laughs> we may never know. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. Good on you for conquering your bear fear. Um, <laughs> I imagine you, you you coming out of the bus in, like, this bear-proof suits. Yeah. There's, like, red and, like, eight yards of padding around you, and that's how you walk to go get a beer. Is that a real thing, a bear-proof yeah. suit? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, there's yeah. like videos of people testing them and like getting knocked down by bears and like <laughs> right. knocked down a hill and shit. It's crazy, dude. And they're yeah. fine? Yeah. Because they can't like get into the well, it's bear proof. There's not much it's mobility. Kind of no, there's you're not. basically like a mannequin that you kind of waddle. <laughs> yeah, back and forth. Imagine, you're like this. Your yeah. arms are out, yeah. and you're kind of just yeah. uh, like that kid in a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets wrapped up to go in the snow. Imagine I had that, and I was the only person to walk into Mammoth Brewing in my. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Me too. That would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, yeah, oh, right? please, please. yeah, What's that, sir? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was cool. I'm glad to be back. Well, that's I'm, cool. How was it? Was it stressful? Was it less stressful? Obviously, coming down, uh, you know, co- coming leaving right in a functioning vehicle. Like we didn't yeah. have to sleep outside of a, a mechanic shop for. Like, how was your experience? Uh, you know, since the last time. Well, I, I won't lie. I definitely thought of it driving because I did the same route we we did home, which was instead of the pass that, yeah. that allowed us to catch fire. <laughs> I took allowed it. It was I, the pass's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I took, um, you know, I took the uh, Yosemite. I went right through yeah. the park. Which and was a beautiful so, drive, by oh, the way. So, yeah, it was so really nice. cool. But definitely as I was coasting down, I, I thought of, wow, the last time I was on this road, I was like white-knuckled on the steering wheel just waiting for the brakes to go out. Yeah. Um, this was, yeah, it was nice. It was Good. calm. and <laughs> Good, man. I was in the bathroom vomiting. I remember that well. I, I thought of that also. Wait, recently on the on his return trip, <laughs> you were there. There's no bathroom in the Volkswagen. Oh, okay, that's right. So. Mm. Last time coming back from Mammoth. Yeah, which I which I definitely thought of also. I thought of the brakes, and I was like, oh, especially because it got, like, windy, like the bus is swaying a little bit. Yeah. And that's what made me think, like, oh, if I would, if I were one to get car sick, this, this would be the road. <laughs> and then the, my next thought was, oh, shit, Kim Shimke was in the back yuking her oh, guts man. out for most of this drive. Not because I get car sick, because right. I was hungover. No, I know. Severely. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, she had two wine coolers and just done, so... <laughs> Yeah, she's lightweight. Yeah. Um, so it was cool uh, and fun to be in Colorado for a while, but I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back on the show. Uh, Concord seems to be doing great. Uh, Tasty, any reports for me about uh, what's been happening? Things going pretty uh, well here. Yeah. Tasty lives in Clayton. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. No, he kind of lives here. He <laughs> sleeps in yeah, Clayton. Yeah. If I leave the house, I am in Concord. Yeah. It's right there. Right. So, okay. It's been all quiet. No, nobody fucked up out there that I need to know about? No, uh, I keep that a secret. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's good to be back. And we got a lot to do tonight, as as always. Tonight's show is brought to you by More Beer. Don't forget about them. They've been sponsoring this program uh, since day zero and are still here with us, believe it or not. Uh, for years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique homebrewing equipment, like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel. From boil to mash to cooling, the Robo Brew is truly self-contained. So if you're thinking about getting into all-grain brewing, you should seriously consider the Robo Brew. Or up your fermentation game with the all-new Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. Dude, that thing's badass. Is it? Yeah. Nine-gallon capacity, a stainless steel stand, a sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom, and the best part is that it'll hold up to 35 PSI. So check out the awesome innovations and more over at morebeer.com. Yeah, I haven't seen the Fermentosaurus yet. It's yeah, it's a, a plastic conical that I mean, it's it's clear, so you can see what's going on. You can oh, see if the cool. thing is clean or not, and yeah. um, it's pressurizable. You can serve from it. You can actually serve from it. Wow, which is pretty dope. Okay, yeah. 
The name the naming schemes are interesting. The, the <laughs> Robo Brew and the, the Robo Fermenta Brew and the fer- Fermenta Sword. Sword. I don't yeah. think that they that they name them. Right. <laughs> They're covering everything. They are. Uh, all right, go check them out at morebeer.com. Tonight on the program, uh, we've got Mother Earth Brewing Company. They're out of Vista, California, and also Nampa, Idaho. So we'll talk about the uh, different locations. You know, we've talked about different locations within state lines here in California, but they're they're doing the across state lines. So uh, we'll figure all that out with them. Plus, we've got a lot of beer to try, some blonde ale, uh, and a couple of Russian Imperial Stouts. So we might end up uh, feeling okay. Hell yeah. By the end of the end of the show um all right really like nothing i need to know about beardy didn't do anything wrong or uh bevo hasn't screwed anything up nothing happened here the whole time i was gone nothing man it's pretty much uh a bore i should pretty much quiet well we had an off week so there's that okay yeah well what happened then i I showed up so i guess i did that wrong (laughs) warren was here all by himself (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, man, everything's uh, everything's great. Okay. Everything's golden. Well, I should just leave again. I don't, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not needed here. Who's gonna work? No one's yeah. gonna work then. But now you don't have a car in Colorado. No, that's true. I do have to go back. We're doing a show there uh, next month. I'll I'll get to that in a minute. Am I doing September on the Grog Tag? Uh, yes. All right. Grog Tag is going to bring you our announcements today. I got a few of them for you. And Grog Tag's more than just a place for great reusable beer labels. Uh, the folks at Grog Tag have spent probably too much time coming up with great products for your home brewery, uh, like their metal signs, tap handles, tasting mats, and more. All customizable and all made for you by other fellow home brewers. So stop handing out blank. Bottles and for the love of brewing, stop serving your beer from faucets with masking tape on them. Get your custom needs met over at grogtag.com. Use coupon code BNARMY, B N A R M Y, and grab 10% off your order at grogtag.com. All right, so we are doing, I, I hope, I, you know, the date may not be confirmed on this, but I'm going to announce it anyway. Okay. You can just pay attention to our Hop Grenade Facebook in case it changes. I think it's right. But you know that we recently had uh, these enormous and disastrous fires in Sonoma and Napa counties here in California. Yeah. Well, Russian River Brewing Company, who's based in, in Santa Rosa, one of the city's hardest hit, and uh, a couple of other breweries, have gotten together uh, to make Sonoma Pride beer for their Sonoma Pride fundraiser. And we are going to be purchasing some of that beer. And right here in Concord on November 10th, I believe it's Friday, um, we're going to sell that beer to you, and 100% of those proceeds go to Sonoma Pride. And I mean 100%. Like, all that money is going to Sonoma Pride. And we trust the and Natalie over there to have chosen the right organization. Um, so, you know, all you have to do is come and drink. The beer will cost the same as it always costs. And um, we're going to send all that money to uh, Sonoma Pride. Very nice. So that's on November 10th. That's going to, man, what a whole thing. You know, our, our, our Sean Paxton... Uh, from the homebrewed chef. Yes. Uh, he was evacuated. Uh, I've heard that the... Oh, he was? Yeah, I heard the wow. fire came uh, within a mile of his house. And then they finally contained it. Jeez. So uh, he did not lose everything. But as you can imagine, his whole neighborhood is is decimated. You know, he walks a mile in any direction, and it's just gone. Um, 
So I know you guys probably talked about some of this already. You had Vinny and Natalie on the show. Yeah, sure. We had Vinny and Natalie on the show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we had uh, we had Shady Steve from Shady Oak because he's doing some fire relief stuff too. And uh, okay. yeah, so it, uh, it, was, it was a cool, it became kind of this community of brewers on the show talking about how their communities were impacted yeah. and how they personally were impacted and how they're trying to, to raise funds. Okay. So it was, uh, it was neat. And what was that, last week's show? or Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, last week was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the last show that we posted, go check it out if you want to learn more about how that's affecting uh, people that you know and love. Uh, and then come on down here on November 10th. Like I said, we'll put this on the Hop Grenade Facebook page. Make sure you know what's up. Um, but it's just a great way to come drink beer and give money to the cause. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to need they're gonna need some dough. Uh, I'm curious to how that place is going to look. I mean, they basically have said the face of Sonoma and Napa has changed. You know, when they rebuild it, it just won't even look like the same place anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I read some article about <clears throat> how they think a lot of the the vineyards up in Napa and, and Sonora, Sonoma, Sonoma, um, have actually saved a lot of homes and a lot of land and a lot of buildings because of the that big firebreaker, that big road that kind of encirculates all oh, of I the see. things. And the vineyards had a lot of greenery to them still. Yeah. So there was nothing to burn. Oh, and so you can see huge satellite photos or huge drone photos or whatever of this wide swath of, of burn. And then just there's a, a vineyard and everything on the other side of that is totally fine. And the fire kind of goes around it. Wow. It was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. I yeah. know it was interesting. All right. Well, come on down here and spend your money and we'll give it over to them. Do it. Uh, I will be doing a live session uh, back in Fort Collins on November 17th. It's actually a Friday. Um, we'll post that show. I believe it's the first week. In December, uh, but I'm going to be doing it live from Fort Collins. You can come out and hang out with us, drink some beer, and um, yeah, come check it out. Have a good time with us. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, that off week where, where I'll actually post that show, which is like December fourth. Uh, Tasty and Doc, that so you know is the Doe's holiday party oh, yeah. that Monday. So you now have the Monday oh, off. Oh. Yeah, because I'll post the Fort Collins show that night, and you'd be able to go hang out with Thanks them. Thanks for coming for us. Uh, wow. So Great. those of you <laughs> dozers who don't know, uh, your holiday party is that night. And we're, we'll send over a bunch of things to give away. You always do, yeah. And that's always fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You guys can go. I told him today that you guys would be there. So he RSVP'd for you. Yeah, RSVP'd nice. for you. I just told him that we had the off week, and so that hopefully you guys would be available. Um, yeah. All right. Also, a great way to support us and save yourself a little dough. We're having a huge Brewing Network store wide sale on our merchandise right now. Twenty to fifty percent off, basically everything in the store. And the goal here, actually, just, you know, we're, we're trying to clear out the inventory that we've had uh, so that in the new year, I can get you all some new designs. Uh, we've had the, the same designs, uh, some of them about a year old, others uh, much older, and we wanted to get rid of some stock and then put some new, cool BN hop grenade gear in there. So go save yourself some dough, start doing your Christmas shopping, whatever you got to do, 20 to 50% off right now. Like a lot of the, I think the ladies' items are 50% off, um, are, are more popular items are 20 but other things that have been there you can get some some great deals uh, all the way now through the end of the year so go check it out and uh christmas 
It's yeah. coming. Yeah. Shimke here will be putting it on social media for us this week, so you can click the links, go straight to the store, uh, or just hit the store button on our homepage and uh, go buy some shirts. Now, uh, we do have one new item in there, and unfortunately, it's not for sale. Um, uh, well, it's for sale, but it's not on sale. Store. Sorry, it's not on sale. Got it. Okay. It's, <laughs> not, it's not for the sale. <laughs> yeah, it's just we put it in the like, store. What? It's not for sale. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's not on sale. The cost is $1 million, um, and it's the Brewing Network. <laughs> so. Yeah. Totally for sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got new Sour Hour shirts. We've never had Sour Hour shirts. Uh-huh. Those of you Sour Hour fans, I don't know who you are, but a couple of you, um, <laughs> have been asking for, I don't know, apparently there's this whole thing they do on the Sour Hour where uh-huh. they, they think it's like a back and forth. You know how radio shows do that where they like rib each other back and forth? I used to do it with the other podcasts in the beginning, although yeah. really it was me telling them that they're all shit. Right. Um, Apparently they do, but I don't reciprocate. I don't listen to their fucking show, the Sour Hour. Wait, they give you shit? Yeah, they talk about how bad the session is and how they're better, but but they're doing it in that way where it's like morning a zoo, good natured ribbing. Yeah, like, but I don't know if they realize that we don't give a shit. <laughs> And that I've never heard it. They recorded a show live from Fort Collins, and okay. he's, and Jay started doing it. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird. Like, this wh- is uncomfortable." What are you saying? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you don't. You must not listen to the show. We do this. Like, you must not like for, you must uh, not listen. Obviously, right, yeah. <laughs> listen to the fucking show. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, we do this. It's like a back and forth." And I was like, "No, yeah. it's fourth. It's a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they also during every show talk to me. Oh. And make it a thing like I just don't respond or like I'm not paying attention. I'm not there, guys. I, I heard him do that, too. He did that. and You're, It's like a puppet show. Hmm. <laughs> I see what they're going for, but it really it falls flat. They're like those weird twins that have that thing between each other, but no one else understands Nobody. it. So it just yeah. makes them seem weird. People aren't in on it. Well, right. And well, it's so- like a freak show. We should make freak show t-shirts. Oh, I could do that for them. Because uh, you, you know how Scott, like, <laughs> Scott's ideas and his sayings and all, they're yeah. all, like, from the 20s. Right. Right? So his I can see that he's, like, cultivating these ideas with Jay. Like, hey, this is how you do radio. But it's how they did radio, like, in the 20s. Well, so they so- have these, like, running jokes. At, like, he did the Bevo thing. I, I was, like, on the board. I was working the board for them in Fort Collins. Yeah. And he starts talking to Bevo, and I'm like... Like looking around, going, what the fuck is he talking? When did she get here? Who's he talking? It's uncomfortable. And it was really. It's uncomfortable. Maybe the listeners get it. Maybe I just because I'm not a listener, I don't. It was strange. I mean, I think it's one of those things. Maybe you have to fight through because Jay gives good info. Yeah, right. And, and maybe you know, I don't know. It, it also feels very like '80s drive time radio, where it's like you know we're trying to be crazy and we're trying to be funny, but yeah. but sometimes those jokes have a lifespan. Yeah, and then or you, we're you wrong. do it for a know. month. We, we might be totally wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Because I've never listened. Other than that. I've never we're listened. on the same page listening that this happened. <laughs> I've never listened either. Everyone's like, oh, that yeah. sounds so funny. Well, so I'll see Jay, and I'll be like, hey, how's the show going? He goes, well, I mean, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Never cared. Uh, I literally don't know. Yeah. Did <laughs> Moscow bring back his soundboard? Uh, good question. As far as I know, he has not. Because I, I do that sit on, on these occasionally. Yeah. As far as I know, I have not heard the soundboard okay. ever happen. That's too bad. Thank God. <laughs> Well, okay, so Sour Hour fans, two things. One, there are now Sour Hour shirts. I think they're super cool. Those are available in the store. They are for sale. Um, And second, send me some feedback on the Sour Hour show. I'm curious what you guys think about uh, the 
jokes and so things. when you were gone for like three months or two months or whatever yeah. we had some feedback that i read in feedback okay but every time i put it in there i didn't know if you were going to be there so i didn't forward you the feedback okay but i can try to dig it out and so and, you didn't read it on air no no i read it, it on oh, air okay. yeah, yeah yeah but i didn't tell you about it because i figured did it was any of it about these jokes no, no. no. okay it was about Scott. Yes. Yeah, of course it was. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott. And, like, come, can that's... Jay have his own show with just Jay? And, uh, you know, so I'm like... The usual. Okay. The, the usual. Yeah. Per yeah usual. We've read that stuff before. I'm yeah. curious. Forget I don't want to hear... Look, Scott's there to stay, and that's fine. Jay and Scott are a team. Yeah. Uh, so don't don't bother sending me that. I mean, you can. I'll read it. <laughs> uh, hey, there's no more comics in the bathroom. It's now the Wall Street Journal. Can we just put those emails up so we can all laugh again? Oh, and we can all have fun Stop while we're it. holding our dicks? That'd be fucked up. Right. Uh, but talk to me about the format and the uh, and the jokes and such. Dear Justin. I'd be curious. Yes, yeah. All right, so go to our store and, and check it out. Well, I've never listened to the show. As always, you can do your Amazon shopping through us. Just click the Amazon link. You can do that in the U.S. and the U.K., and we'd love it if you did that. A lot of you do, and I appreciate it. Subscribe and join the BN Army. Uh, you can do that for as little as $2 a month, and uh, that puts you into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is 100 bucks. Uh, plus, it just it keeps us going here, so believe that um all right we also have a twitter a facebook and an instagram never heard of any um, of them you can go check those all out all uh, carefully um curated by <laughs> kim shimke someone oh, whose jokes never get old <laughs> what's with our facebook header right now it's like a weird fucking image that you like cut out the hop grenade no nope. and there's just the text you know who, on the right guess where that came from Scott? <laughs> Bingo. What the fuck is he well, doing on our Facebook page? I don't... He changed... Wow. No, no, he didn't change our Facebook one. He changed the Twitter, and I I had texted him, and I was like, hey, I don't have a problem that you did that, but... He just changed know, it with, to the new logo? He, cha- the new he changed it logo. to the new one, but That's I didn't... That's fine. Yeah. I still would... It would be nice if he said, hey, just heads up. Sure, it's got to go through you. Um, There's a chain of command. But I asked him specifically for that image because I couldn't find it on Basecamp, and I needed a high-res one. Yeah. And so he sent me what he had, so I used that so everything's consistent because he had already changed the Twitter. Yeah, but there's the profile pic, which is fine. It's the new hop grenade. Yeah, you're talking about the cover photo. Which is retarded. I need a high-res of that. Okay. Which I yeah, believe I asked yeah, like, you It's for. like there's like a huge oh. black space How, on okay. the side, and it's well, so uh, off-centered and just like it's the logo incomplete. That, 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 it's why is the grenade not next to it? Right. Well, that's how they used to have it. So I think this is a Facebook thing because that when on certain um, oh. when you would access an actual page, that mm-hmm. that space would be filled by that. So um, even when. Um, okay. Push would do them. Okay, well, it used for to be, week, but they don't do that anymore. You're they haven't change done that it. for like a year. For this week, you're going to change it to our sale. I've got okay. a photo. Yeah, of, I've got that me. for you. And then you and I will consult and put a. I asked for this a while Facebook. Ago. You, to me? I sent uh, an email to you and Beeb, and she said she'd ask you about it. And I don't. And you were. No, 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 it's not her. You were on the email. You were on the email. You were on the email, and I just never got a response. Okay, well, that's definitely possible. All right, we'll get it. Now boarding a direct route to Pound I I did respond, and you were on the email, so I was like, we're good. But did you ask Justin? What's your name? Honestly, probably. (laughs) Kim. Farty McFart a lot. I don't get many emails from you, so it's got to be right here on the first page, right? So let's see. Well, none that we can talk uh, about. A new website, uh, Firestone, something. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't see anything from you here. Um, I'm looking back to 2016 right now. I don't have a... Beverly and I both know that this happens. All passengers right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the direct line to Poundtown bus, uh, please report to the loading area. Sounds like it's time for an annual review, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's been three and a half years. Uh, <laughs> Semi-annual review. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, the review will have all the same letters as annual, but just some are missing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll get it all taken Ew. care of. Uh, but do subscribe and join the BN Army. Do go over to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and then send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game? Uh, yes, we do, as a matter of fact, Justin. Okay. Uh, Twitter is brought to you today by the American Homebrewers Association Brew Guru app, which they just updated. It's an all-new app. It does all the same things it does before and more. Uh, mostly, it shows you where you can save money. So you already pay for your subscription, which you can do through the BN website by clicking the AHA link, and that helps us and you. Uh, then you get Zymergy Magazine. But with the app, you can find out where all of the member deals are are, like right here at the Hop Grenade. I think you get 10% off beer, uh, same in Fort Collins, and it'll show you, you could just be walking down the street, and it'll show you the different places you can pop into and get yourself a discount, including homebrew shops, you know, tap rooms, breweries, you name it. Go get the AHA Brew Guru app. All right. What's our Twitter game? Well, as you know, Justin, um, tomorrow night is Halloween. Tonight is the I, Devil's Night. I right? remember that. Um, so I got a lot of candy already. I'm eating. Um, I don't I won't have enough to give out to kids because I've eaten it all. Because Reese's pieces or Reese's cups are so. Anyway, um, so I want to know what costume is Justin going to dress up as from the BN? Oh. Who is Justin going to dress up as? Uh, it, this may sound like a really dumb question. I'm confused. Which person at the BN am I going yes, to dress up? Yes, thank you very as? much. Uh, it's a little confusing because I pulled an audible because I realized uh, this this idea was a lot better than what I had planned before. So there's so, only there's a finite number of answers. Yeah. How do we pick a winner? I don't know. Because okay. well, because people are going to be funny about it. <laughs> yeah, that's see. the thing. It's uh, like, so it's who will I dress up as and why and why? Sure. And that yeah. will be there. The, you go. <laughs> this is a co. This is a collaborative or, effect right more here. More like Doc and as I like it. something else. Like Doc dressing up as Doc being something being else. Something else. Okay, sure, you could go that combination. Yeah. Yes, and Warren will now go through them all because he has a spreadsheet on it. Yeah, I've been thinking about this since you <laughs> talked about the game. And here's the most effective way yeah. for Doc to dress up as other people. <laughs> he could be a lawyer, a blacksmith, a bartender, a barbecuist. Right. Not a dentist, though. No. All right. Okay, so there you go. That's our Twitter game today. Thank you very much. I apologize. Send it into our Twitter account, now with a new logo on it. <laughs> uh, the all new... 10-2. <laughs> There's an email sent 10-2 about this. You sure? Is it, is it... Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't 10 Ford, so... Mm, I don't see it. That was a joke. Anyway. You'll get it. You'll get it, and it'll be great. Yeah, it's a slow connection. It'll be great. It's a slow connection. <laughs> oh, oh, it's in my spam. Yeah. yeah. I do probably have Kim filtered to send a spam. <laughs> She's so annoying. That's bo- rude. Bothers me all the time. I know. So you follow the Brewing Network on Twitter also? <laughs> no. No, God, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? No! Uh, <laughs> it's great to have you here, Kim. <laughs> yeah, my buddy. I brought brownies. <laughs> No, you brought bites. They're not even full brown. Not even full size adult brownies. Shut up! It's not like you're going to eat them anyway. Is it a brownie log? Child brownies. <laughs> that brownie it's not log a repeat is of the log. God damn it! Okay. Put thirty fucking dollars on that thing for you people. You did. So unappreciated. 
When is she going to You learn? weren't even here. <laughs> last Christmas. Uh, last Christmas. Wow. I you a You realize you could bring us, like, the best beer on earth, and we would still shit all over you, right? You do know well, that now. see, I would bring something, like, actually really good, yeah. but then, like, actually. no one appreciates it. No. So like, what? We, we would tell you how I bad it is. I brought 7.99 brownie bites instead. And, and then you would leave, and we'd all be like, that beer was so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> we can't tell Kim, though. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, we got a little time to do some feedback if I get moving here. Feedback's brought to you by the uh, Beer Law Center. Our good friend John over at the Beer Law Center is working hard for us right now. In the last week or two, I've gotten a slew of uh, trademark violations sent to me. Uh, T-shirts being sold. Really? Beers being made. And it kind of comes in waves like this. Yeah, man. it does. Um, I think one of the breweries, like, we already reached out to, and then, uh, I don't know, it didn't work. People are fucking dicks. Um, anyhow, John's doing a good job. He's working on it for me, and he can do the same for you. If you go to BeerLawCenter.com, give John a call. Uh, not just your trademarks, but he can do your brewery filing for you as well. He's a good guy. And his book finally came out, Thank you. It? That's what I was going to... Yes, it's on Amazon. I think it was, like, number one in legal self-help already, like, after wow. a couple of days. Or maybe it was number three, but it was definitely above number five. If number ten was here and one... It's somewhere... In in between 10 and 1. And 1. Yeah. Wow. Well, then you can go to Amazon. What's the book called? John Samankowitz on <laughs> Beer Law? Yes, I think so. I, to be honest with you, I don't know, but I'm going to find out right fucking now. All right, so you can go check it out. Then you can read JP's forward. Yes. Uh, being the legal guru that JP <clears throat> is. That's true, and actually I do want to announce I'm doing a series of live readings, oh. so come out to me in, in bookstores, half-price bookstores all across the Bay Area, um, oh, and nice. you come to me. I'm not oh, really. You should go with John on his book tour. It'll be like the first book tour as an opening act, where you read the forward. <laughs> hey, all right, everybody. Then, Good to meet you. Yeah. This is Jay, uh, it's called Beer Law, What Brewers Need to Know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, go check it out and buy John's book. All right. Let's do some feedback. Uh, here we go. Feedback. This one's titled, Thanks for Helping Me Win. You're welcome. Hello there, brewcasters. It is with great pleasure that I write to you this afternoon. Is this spam? That's, <laughs> that's how it starts, isn't it? It is with great joy. Uh, f- actually, it goes on. For you see, I have yet to come down from my win at the third annual Sonoma County Homebrewers Contest earlier this month. Uh, the grand prize of said contest is getting to brew my recipe at 101 North Brewing as a specialty uh, and have it distributed throughout the area. The the name of my beer is Durstschlosche, which means thirst quencher in German, and it is a fairly straightforward Munich Helles. Uh, the last two years, I entered my, I don't know, on and on and on. Um, yeah, I probably should have added that a little bit. Let's see. Without the shows like The Session, uh, people in the industry, I wouldn't be nearly as confident. Needless to say, oh, you immensely. Does he ever say what he won? Did he like, win the whole thing? I don't believe so. I thought uh, it was the Helles. Okay. Anyway, congratulations on your win. Um Here's some actual feedback. Uh, you should try to get Admiral Maltings on for an interview, he says. This is the same person. Uh, they're a new maltster in Alameda using barley grown in California and traditional floor malting techniques. I was a donator on their Indiegogo campaign earlier this year. I was a donator. Uh, yeah. So there you go. All right. We'll check it out. Thanks, Cody, for writing in. Congrats on your win. Um, apparently, the 11th annual BN Army Secret Santa is now officially on. Uh, 
um, I'm supposed to get this out in the words. The cliff notes are, it's the Secret Santa Homebrew Challenge, uh, Homebrew Exchange, rather, not challenge, it's an exchange, open to all BN Army members in good standing. The cutoff date to enter is December 3rd, uh, and in- info on how to enter in the forum is under general beer-related topic. Um, there's a link to the post, but it's real long. So go under general beer related. It probably says Secret Santa 2017, something like that. And uh, this is where our listeners, uh, they share beer. You, you, That's right. You send somebody a beer. They send you a beer. You get different beers from all over the country. And so, uh, p- uh, feedback on those, um, that program has been really positive over the years. We've seen that kind of grow and grow. And, and every time, right after Secret Santa pops, tons of people just really, you know, surprised at how good everyone's homebrew is and then you know people get some really good stuff too and it's not just homebrew too right sometimes people send they do commercial beers and stuff like that too yeah because people don't maybe have homebrew but they want to participate doc's done it before haven't you done the secret santa before Yeah, a few times yeah all right well there you go i've never done it why is doc not on sounds fun he's on He's, he's quiet today. He's not screaming. You quiet boy? I'm quiet. Yeah, quiet boy. That's a nice guy. That's Doc's a nice boy. quiet. Uh, Joseph writes in uh, from Three Weavers, actually. Three Weavers. Three Weavers. He says, hey, Ben, uh, we received the following messages, uh, following message from one of your listeners and just wanted to see if Justin could recall which meeting or conference he attended so that we can send the appropriate spreadsheet to your listener, since nobody here seems to know what he's referencing. (laughs) Uh, The listener says, I was listening to a fairly new episode of the Brewing Network, The Session, and they mentioned you guys. Uh, Justin was especially uh, complimentary of a presentation he saw that someone gave. Uh, Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Yeah, so um, Joseph, and JP, you'll probably have to reply directly if you haven't already. That was at the California Craft Brewers Conference, the very Ah. first California Craft Brewers Conference, and it was the founder? I forget her name. It was the fir- the very first one. It was the very first one. Lynn Weaver, and it was Lynn Weaver of Three Weavers Brewing Company who gave the presentation. Okay. Um, so if you want to answer um, Joseph at Three Weavers about that, but um, Weaver, okay, Weaver, yeah. okay, sure, sure, I got it right now. There Thank you, you very much. While you're at it, see if you can get Three Weavers to kick a little money our way for promoting. <laughs> uh, you know it. Okay, Phil writes in. Um, He's looking for our feedback on the Brewers Association campaign about taking uh, back craft. He says, hey, guys, uh, just curious to get your thoughts on the Brewers Association's take craft back campaign. I think it's an absolutely uh, I think it is absolutely brilliant and appreciate the new hat they sent me for my pledge of support. I believe it's an ingenious way of raising awareness of the questionable practices that Big Beer participates in. Um, What I'm stunned by is the number of ignorant people who believe that the BA is actually trying to raise $213 billion in an attempt to purchase AB InBev. They refuse to even skim the article and instantly start judging and insulting people who pledged money. Uh, And then he sent the link. So uh, I guess he wants our opinion on this. Uh, Well, it sounds to me like my opinion is the same as yours. Uh, As soon as I saw the post, of course, the Take Craft Back campaign by the Brewers Association is a fundraising campaign on Indiegogo or one of them platforms, I forget. to uh, to buy out Anheuser-Busch, uh, since Anheuser-Busch is buying out the small craft breweries. They right. figured if the Brewers Association buys Anheuser-Busch, then we're, we're, they become independently owned again. We've, right. Uh, you know. So, you know, my first thought, it like, sounds like the same as our listener, was this is a great hoax, a, a great marketing campaign. Clearly, nobody at the BA or anybody else on earth would think they're actually going to raise $213 billion. If there are those out there commenting and thinking that that is their actual intention, I, yeah. I would say 
this is the idiotic world that we live in. Poo poo to you, good yeah. sir. But I saw a lot of people there saying are there are those. Yeah. There are people that definitely thought that, and then there right. are other people that are saying that they just thought that they jumped the shark. Like they're trying too hard. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's that. There's that aspect of things. It, mm-hmm. You could. It, it is somewhat of a ridiculous uh, marketing campaign. But I don't know. I feel like no harm, no foul. If, if the idea is to raise awareness to people who would otherwise not know it's happening, then it's a great little press release that I guess potentially raises awareness as long as those. People aren't so stupid that they think it's a real campaign. So is it a little bit cheesy? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of cheesy. But if it does put the, what's happening in front, of, you know, in front of the eyes of people who maybe don't know what's happening, how could it be bad? How could that be a bad thing? But don't you think that people that already follow um, what the, the BA does, they already, they're already aware of that? Those aren't the targets. Uh, this is a press release that got picked up by national agencies and stuff like that. So, yes, the Brewers Association people already know, but the idea was to get it that news outlets would pick it up. It's a sensational story, um, and so that it would actually get in the, in front, in the eyes of, of other people, of the mainstream. Mm. So how effective that is, I don't know. I'd have to ask the BA how many times it's been published, but I can, I'm certain that that was their goal, that, that, the, that the AP Newswire would pick it up. Because it's sensational. So they probably, you know, sat around and were like, what crazy sensational thing could we do that might get us picked up by others? So, yeah, I agree with you. The BA people know, or, you know, the fans of the BA, it, it's not for them. And, of course, that's going to be the people commenting most, is the, the people who follow the BA. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to see it the most. Their their easiest marketing is to us. But I don't think that was their intention. I, would, I think their goal is to get it nationwide in front of others. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little silly, but... You know, why not? Like, what's the harm? Uh, it, it could really only do good if, I don't know, if a hundred new people get to know about this and stop buying, you know, beer that they don't know where it comes from. That's a win. It didn't cost the BA any money. I'm curious. I'm more curious what happens to the money that's being donated because clearly right. people are donating, getting hats and shit. Does it say like right. donate? And really, you're buying a hat. So we're gonna, I didn't look at the campaign. And yeah. so the money's already accounted for. Like, you're going to get a hat. We don't have to give you the money back. Or like at the end of a campaign, you know, we've done this before where you don't meet your goal. I mean, what if they raise 50 grand because there's a bunch of just beer fans out there that are going to buy the hat level? Do they got to give that 50 grand back or is it just the cost of hats? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wonder if deep into the donate page it actually says, like, hey, look, we're not actually, you're, you're not, this isn't going to happen, but we'll give you a hat at this level, at the hat level. Well, it's probably just a general donation. Does right. the BA accept donations? They can. Hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've never heard of, like, any in, any second. BA invent. It was like, we're, we're doing a donation drive or anything. Beardy, you can't play. Well, you probably can't read it anyway. How much money do you think they've raised so far? I've seen it. I can't. I'm looking right at the screen. Yeah. All right, Doc, how much money do you think this campaign <laughs> Nova Scotia, so what? Uh, yeah. oh, 35 grand. $3 million. Yeah. And that's got to be a joke, too. Yeah, there's no I, way that they fucking raised $3 million. Dollars. There's no way. There's no. There's got to be a joke, dude. If like Kickstarters for people's, you know, if the Pico Brew didn't raise three million dollars, whatever, right? Like, uh, if people aren't giving three million dollars to help people recover from the Sonoma fires, you're an asshole if you're giving if you're giving money to the Take Back Craft thing. Well, you'd also think they'd be promoting the hell out of that, and I haven't seen anything on that. No, I think it's a fake number because all those. I think everything else on that site is just uh, fake. 
and I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw that the morning it got released or, or and was blowing up. Oh, is that and, right? And in about not it wasn't at three million. It's actually been ticking because it was at yeah. about a half a million dollars by late morning. And I would be shocked if there. Were I would be shocked half too. A million dollars. Yeah. In the first twelve hours. Yeah, I guess you're, and it doesn't appear to be. It appears to be its own website, Mm-mm. so it's not like on Indiegogo or anything. Let's see what happens when I pledge um, ten dollars. What does it say I get? Um, the Brewing Network will be billed. I agree $10. that we'll be in touch somehow. What? All right. If you click the pledge, uh, it says I agree. You have to click like you put in your email address and then. You know, the click things that you agree to. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the... Right, right. Yeah. Terms of So one service. of the clicks is, I agree that we'll be in touch if somehow, miraculously, miraculously against every odd, the $213 billion crowdfunding goal is reached. We don't expect to be in touch. No credit card needed. We trust you're over 21. Um, and then the other thing is, I'd like to receive occasional emails regarding the Take Craft Back campaign, because I love to read. So... In other words, it looks to me like if I put in my email right now, I can pledge ten, fifty, a hundred, or a thousand dollars, and they're not taking my credit card. In, they're not taking mm-hmm. any of that money. Oh, okay. Unless, mm-hmm. as it says, that? miraculously against every odd, the two hundred thirteen billion dollar goal is reached. Then they might contact me and say, "Hey, you clicked the thousand dollar button." See, and, and so that also ex- explains how they got the three no, million. They couldn't on, everybody's yeah. clicking a thousand because if it specifically mm. says they're not taking your credit card information, then they You're would get really into a lot of shit later anymore. on. Yeah, people would be like, "Wait a minute!" But it said this. Yeah, so you can cl- you can donate whatever you want, and you're not really donating. Yeah, yeah. right. The, the VA. On See, we're so Facebook. dumb that we believe you could even fucking donate the money. So <laughs> I don't know who I'm calling dumb about yeah. believing that it's a real thing. The VA on their Facebook page said that this was not actually. Yeah, okay. a way to get money. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you click the two hundred. Yeah. Now I'm gonna <laughs> uh, So I don't know. That's my thought. Is it's a it's a cool marketing tool. It's a little cheesy, but uh, if it raises some awareness, you know, there you go. I don't know. I think at the end there, the the joke, need, the reveal needs to be a little bit more finite, a little bit more clear. Yeah, like a, us idiots. No, just anybody. Like in the terms of service, where it says like we don't expect to be in touch, but that's like so far down in the fine print. Like it should be on the reveal page, on that donate page. It like is. no, no, but like hey, this is actually we're not. This, this is it's a joke. Like we're kidding. We're not actually yeah. collecting money but we just want to raise awareness about how big beer is coming after craft so if you'd like more information on that then send us your email well i think the reveal needs to be a little sharper it's a little bit like that though once you click the donate button yeah a box opens right there and that's where it says all the things you're asking it to say oh and you can't click the donate button you can't do it you you have to put in your email right and then read the thing and do the checkbox which is what you're saying it's just a lot of work yeah if you've gone that far to actually donate like you're like all right well i'm going through the page and you're like yeah, i actually think this is a worthy cause i'm gonna donate 20 bucks that's someone that's going in with the intent thinking that this is a real thing so i feel no. like you've already lost people you're not being clear if you get people that are clicking that donate button do you see what i'm saying i do i don't agree but i see what you're saying yeah i just it's the first thing that comes up there's the page the donate things are right on the right you click one of them, and then it says all of those things you're asking it to say. What? Like, it's not that complicated. Can I, can I ask you a question? That's a weird question. It's a bar question. Sure. So as a bar owner, how do you, like, reconcile the like this side of us where, like, we're talking about craft and support craft or whatever, but then you have to sell beers that are 
were craft but are no longer craft, but they're under the craft umbrella as a craft beer bar. Like, how do you mm. how do you deal with that? Internally, right? Like, yeah. is there a conversation specifically related to this incident, right? Well, there are some conversations if you're asking basically what we choose to carry. And if, if, if a yeah. brewery has, has been bought by a big brewery and it's yes. no longer crap. So, yeah, there are some conversations. I'll admit we're somewhat arbitrary about it. Yeah. Um, so, for example, you know I'm going to carry Pail 31 until, until the cows come home. Yeah. Um, and, and that decision, while maybe arbitrary, is also because I know the people at Firestone and, I, and they they're still with Firestone, and and they weren't bought by Anheuser. They're you know by Duval, and whatever the nature of that agreement is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, in general, still hold. A, if the beer is great, we 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 carry it. If we still love the beer, um, but then there are maybe other like newer breweries that we didn't have a relationship with that got swooped up really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, without naming any names, that you know we might not carry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because they don't really have any draw. Uh, you know, like the name on the menu doesn't help us out any. And right. maybe the beer's not all that great. Right. But also any one of those breweries that got bought by Anheuser-Busch, if they're like, let's take Wicked Weed, for example. I love that beer. So I'm going to carry it. Okay. So I know my answer's a little wishy-washy, but we don't really take a hard line about, well, yeah. if you're no longer defined by the Brewers Association as being craft beer, we won't carry you. We're not that hard-lined. We're not that bar, I think. And, and, and I guess that's that's really the, the kind of core of the issue is is on this program we have been hard-lined. That we've, dri- we dr- we've drawn that line. Uh, and then on the on the... The bar side, there isn't a line, and for me, I, I think my brain would explode if I had yeah. to if I had to shift gears and go, okay, well, here's the marketing side, here's the the personal side, and how do I do those things? Yeah. Uh, so I was just I was just curious. Well, I would only say that on this show, yeah. I have not dr- drawn a hard line. Me okay. personally, oh, all right. uh, I have certainly said things on both sides, but I think more often than not, I have said. I'm really happy for and proud That's true. of, of That's the, true, yeah. the people uh, that I know at, at Lagunitas and at, yeah. at Ballast, for example, who are now sitting on a billion-dollar yacht somewhere. I'm really proud of them. So I yeah. put in a good word for the band, I, I guess, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've tried to do my best to give both sides of the story. Yeah. I, what That's I, true. What I, yeah, I was wrong. You're right. I would say if anything that I've been given a hard line about, and, and this is maybe sometimes where you and I have gone back and forth, mm-hmm. is I do want people to know who owns the brewery. That's something that's important to me. Okay. I haven't said to stop buying from said brewery, but I have, I think, always taken a hard line that kind of says, well, I, I do feel like marketing-wise, it should be honest. It should say on the bottle or something like owned and operated by Anheuser-Busch. Mm. That. Okay. I, I do believe in honesty in marketing. And yeah. so when you're using the craft name uh, surreptitiously, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, which clearly is what's happening in many cases. For sure. Uh, that, I think, is maybe the only hard line I've taken. Other than that, yeah, I'm kind of case by case, uh, as usual. It doesn't, fucking it doesn't bother It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me too yeah. much. Um, it bothers me, and again, maybe I've talked about this, it bothers me when uh, consumers are affected negatively. It bothers me if small brewers are being pushed out of the marketplace. There are aspects of it that bother me a, bother, bother me a lot. Yeah. But I haven't been willing to throw out the baby with the bathwater yet, right? So I see, and I think a lot of consumers feel the same way. No, so I was just, I'm just wondering because yeah. you're in that unique, unique position, you know. Yeah. Plus, I don't do shit around here, so they can order whatever they want. 
I just come and complain when there's no pale ale on tap. That's the extent of my... (laughs) I've heard that your Firestone Pale 31 is not going to be around for much longer either, by the way. Really? That's a rumor. It's a rumor. From the brewery itself? I'm not going to say it. Just saying. Oh. You're part of the problem, JP. So you just started the rumor is what I understand. (laughs) Maybe. I'm not surprised. It's become difficult or impossible for us to even get half barrels of it anymore. They they moved it down to six stoles, which we were still buying because of me, because I bitch. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, but it doesn't surprise me that they now are further. I don't understand that. I don't understand how that beer is not enormously <laughs> fucking popular. The, the problem is the session IPA. I mean, yeah. I just had a pale ale. That's a session IPA. It is yeah. not a pale ale, but it's billed as a pale ale to I think maybe to bring those the people back. Right. But it's still just a fucking se- everything's a session IPA. Everything's sure. an IPA. Everything's a pale beer with a lot of hops. And I'm fucking over it. But if you want to make money, that's what you got to do. And maybe from a marketing perspective, that's what they did. Easy Jack is their new Pale Thirty One. Exactly. Also mm-hmm. love that beer, by the way. And I've seen a huge push in my area about pa- Easy Jack. Tons of Easy Jack now. So that's their thing then. Yeah. And Union Jack's going away. Really? And Wookie Jack. Union Jack's going away. Wookie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you think they got Lupon, Luponic uh, distortion? Oh, there you that, go, that's yeah. replacing it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well. Wow. And they've yeah. got to cut back on the number of SKUs. It's just, and they're making a ton of 805. They're sure. blonde Yeah. So they don't have enough capacity to make too many more beers. Well, i got to call Matt and find out, are they just relabeling Pale 31 <laughs> so that I know what to buy? Or are yeah. they actually ditching Pale 31? You know, i got to know. You, yes. I'll be sad. Yeah. I Me just, too. In fact... Um, I'm such a douchebag. Like, in Colorado, I went to the store the other day before leaving and bought a six-pack of Pale 31. Because <laughs> it was there. And it's, well, because my favorite, the St. Lupulin that I've told you about from Odell's, it's seasonal, fuckers. And so now it's gone. Oh, man. And I want to buy local, but it was Pale 31, and the St. Lupulin was gone. You so. try something new. I have. I do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm most often disappointed. Yes, it's hard. <laughs> I bought the drum roll from Odell's. That's their American Pale Ale. It's, uh-huh. it's good. It's no St. Lupulin. Right. Um, and I was Pale 31. You're a regional beer buyer now. I know. Look at you. See that? Yeah. Well, I better go out and buy the shit out of all the Pale 31 I can find. <laughs> Stock up on it. Well, they I don't know. like to keep it. But. I, it hasn't been confirmed, but that's that's oh, my, my inside, uh, you know. Whatever. Okay. Those are your insides. I'm probably going to get in trouble for that. All right. Well, that's your feedback. Boy, do we go long in that segment. It's yeah. nice to be back and chatty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, all right. But no, it's okay. Uh, before the break, uh, I want to let you know, go over to Beersmith.com right now. Get the Beersmith homebrewing software. You're going to love it, uh, but you don't have to take my word. Free 21-day trial to check it out. It's the best brewing software out there. Pros use it. Homebrewers use it. It's up to date. There are videos to show you how. There's a podcast. Uh, it's got everything. It's got the makings of a great beer company, a homebrew company. I wish I had thought of it. That guy's is probably making a fortune already, Brad. But it's probably because he also works. Yeah, well, uh, he, he probably has like three jobs. Yeah. No, I mean, he probably works on his product. Oh, well, that's probably true, Makes too. it great. Go over to Beersmith.com and check it out right now. Get your free trial. Works on Mac and a PC and uh, you won't regret it. Alright. That took a little while, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mother Earth Brew Company is going to join us on the show. we got some beer to try. we got some talking to do. And we get to get rid of Kim Shimke. So that's that's nice. Bye, guys. Bye, It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs. Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brendan Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to The Session on The Brewing Network. 
right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thanks to our wonderful sponsor, Great Fermentations. You can go to greatfermentations.com. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the biz in using Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. You can go check them out at greatfermentations.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook at GRA Fermentation and Instagram and Twitter. Do it all at greatfermentations.com. All right. As promised, I told you we got... um I got distracted because I was thinking about Jay and the fucking Sour Hour again. <laughs> Why? Well, you know how what, I what do triggered the, it? The, it was the fade out of the music. <laughs> okay. All right? In yeah. good radio, you fade out the music bed as you're talking, right? Correct. Well, apparently Scott like cuts it off for some shit. I don't know. Because I'm doing the live show, right? It, it Before him, faders were invented. And I'm fading. <laughs> yeah, in the 20s. So I'm fading music down. And every time Jay starts hollering at me. Over the microphone live. Could you turn the music off, Justin? Justin, turn off the music. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fucking radio, Jay. Yeah. What's happening? Well, uh, considering his teacher, you can't blame him, <laughs> I guess. Why not use yeah. bed? My teacher taught me to pick my nose in public and eat it, so I can't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Forgive me to our guests and our listeners. It just, sometimes my brain goes, that gets, I get insane about these things. Membrane. Uh, our wonderful guest tonight is Mother Earth Brew Co. out of Vista, California and Napa, Idaho, and we've got Vice President Kevin Hopkins uh, sitting on the program with us. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really happy to have you. And then we've also got Mike Taylor, uh, who is also with Mother Earth, and he's their trailblazer, uh, Northern California sales rep here. So welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We may or may not abuse you. Just hang out and and see. Uh, But you're responsible for getting us the beer tonight, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's really important, which, in other words, Kevin hasn't done shit yet. Uh, (laughs) Um, But you brought us the beer. Yeah, he he really just flew up here and has been tagging along the whole time. So This is absolutely correct in every aspect. (laughs) Kevin, where are you based out of? Are you in Idaho or are you in Vista? I'm I'm in Vista. I'm at the original home brewery. Okay, got it. So tell me about that. What do you mean when you say the original home brewery? Well, we we started out like a lot of home brewers with a lot of passion, but no space. So we had 2,200 square feet the day we opened. Uh, We've since expanded that. Then we expanded it some more. We ended up at 28,000 square feet down there. And when we got to about 20,000, we realized that that wasn't going to be enough. So we started looking to be able to expand. We started out looking in our own neighborhood. And as we got further and farther away trying to find some place, we realized that once we got more than about 30 miles away, it was just as easy to move beer around 300 miles away as it was 30. And some Sometimes even better. So that led us out of state. And our founder, Dan Love, said, hey, you know what? I love the Pacific Northwest, and they've got a lot of things going for them, like water. That's okay. kind of a good thing. <laughs> Not a drought happens. Not a drought happens. So, so we ended up building a big 40,000-square-foot brewery up in Nampa. Interesting. Now, I have to say, it does sound kind of like bullshit that that 30 miles or 300 miles doesn't make a difference. Elaborate on that a little bit for me. Well, if you think about it, if you're moving stuff around, so logistics alone, and you're in an urban dense area, um, and I think you're fairly familiar with urban density up here. Like We're talking about getting to the airport tomorrow and whether we should just go there straight from here tonight for my flight tomorrow morning. I mean, it's it's not easy to move stuff around. And so, really, sometimes 100 miles away is the same. With the internet and you're connected, you can do all all of your business a thousand miles away just as you can if you're down the street so what are you really gaining by being across or down the street if you still got to put something on a truck and take it off a truck then you know the time in between isn't as consequential sometimes and then you also 
honestly gain a whole new market by being in a new state too, right? Like by doubling your location in, in Vista or in the vicinity, it's still the same market you're already in. So I would assume you got a whole new customer base. We did. We actually launched the state of Idaho about a year before the brewery itself opened. Okay. So we were already distributing for, throughout the state of Idaho. It's a phenomenal market. I mean, uh, you know, the Treasure Valley in particular, but the entire state, they are very, very passionate. In fact, they got really, really angry when a, a local newspaper wrote an article about us uh, talking about the difference between San Diego and Idaho and the craft scene. They're like, we have a craft scene. Really? And, and they do. Believe me, they, they go through a ton of They're very thirsty. But we divided the country north-south as opposed to east-west. So okay. if you look at the interstate corridors, we can move beer from the west coast to the east coast along the northern corridors as well as the southern corridors, and that works well for us. Got it. Uh, either 70 or 80, you just get it across. Exactly right. Either yeah. 70 or 80 or 8, 10, 40, depending on how you want to split the country. That's what works. That makes sense. And then I have a question for you. So we opened a location in Colorado, and uh, one of our hop grenades, and we looked all around here, too, by the way. Not that we would open another bar in the same city, but we looked at surrounding cities and just the competition, and we couldn't find the right space. And we started to also feel like, well, running a business, it doesn't matter if it's in this state or that state. You can, you can do almost everything as long as you have your, your local staff. But my question for you is one of the things I assumed is, you know, we have all these great beer connections because of the Brewing Network and been interviewing people for so long. I just thought we'd get all the great beer on earth over there would be a piece of cake. Yeah. Well, it turns out a lot of people don't distribute to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And my impression is that it's because it's such a great local beer state already. So let's say you're a California brewery and you're looking to expand your sales. You might choose a state that isn't quite so competitive as Colorado. And I wonder what you think about that and if Idaho maybe fit that for you. Um, where you're, You see what I mean? Like, sure. I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't open a brewery in Portland, for example, right? Yeah. But I might uh, you know, open it in, in bumfuck I don't know where. Yeah. So what do you think about that? So l- let me answer it kind of backwards. Uh, Idaho has additional economies, uh, but much and beyond just the geographic location. Uh, it is a business-friendly state. Okay. Uh, California taxation, we have a beer called Syntax we're drinking tonight. There's a reason we call it Syntax. Um, but there's a yeah. lot of taxation out here. It's tough. Uh, we definitely, it's more affordable, more economical for us to brew beer in Idaho than it is in California in many regards. Okay. Um, so there's that aspect of it. There's also the Pacific Northwest. I mean, for us to be able to distribute in Oregon and Washington and Idaho and beyond, you know what? They are rabid about where their beer comes from. So the fact that it comes from Nampa and not San Diego means something to them. Got it. Uh, and so that does have play to it. Now, Colorado, you, you hit it on the nail on the head. I mean, Colorado, you, you think of it as this great craft state, obviously centralized around Great American Beer Festival. And so it's built up. They've got 300 odd, I think 350 odd breweries At out least, there now. Yeah. They've got some great, great ones on both sides of the, of the Rockies. And so you think, well, we want to get in there. But there's a couple of key things. One is the Rockies, the geography, right? It's still, you look at California and you can get a, a brewery and a great, phenomenal brewery. They're like, we distribute to 18 states, and we're based out of the Midwest. Right. It's like, we distribute to California. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the most urban population dense, consumer driven, high economy base. I mean, it has huge weights to it. Colorado, gorgeous, rad, kick-ass state. Yeah. But population density, not so much. Right. Centric around the greater Denver metro area, right? So you've got most of your population on that side, and then you've got a minor population extent on the west side around Grand Junction, Grand Junction Durango, that area. Still a rad crew. Yeah. But is it easy to get beer there? 
grocery does not sell beer on the shelves. That's true. The laws are changing. They're getting close. Okay. But you can't sell the same way in Colorado that you can in many other states. And it is highly competitive, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. So because of that, a lot of folks aren't there. We're not there. Uh, would we like to be there? You bet. And right. are there uh, thirsty public there that would like to see us? Yeah, many. Of course, yeah. But that doesn't mean we're going to be there until it's the right time to be there with the right partner. Yeah, I, my theory, which I'm still testing, and now, you, now you're part of my testing asking you, oh. is that it's actually like the last state on out-of-state breweries lists like I, I feel like oregon is even ahead of uh colorado being such and, and that's a, a competitive state too i hadn't thought about the uh, geography and the logistics actually i had only thought about the brewery competition but you make you know some really good points just about the rockies you know yeah, it's you know, especially when you get into snow states. And Colorado is not an extreme snow state. Neither is Idaho. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's not like getting back to the northeast, you know, the Atlantic states where you can really get some deep uh, those. When you're trying to move beer, um, a lot of things happen. Most recently, something that happened that I never would have predicted uh, was the hurricanes. So yeah. you end up with a bunch of hurricanes. You end up with uh, things happening down in Houston, then obviously down in Florida. Uh, you think, all right, well, that is really, really tough. We feel for those guys down there. And then all of a sudden we call up and say, hey, we want to be able to move some beer down to Georgia. Yeah. And we can't. Right. Why? Because all the truckers that were working up in the Pacific Northwest and the West Coast have all moved down to Texas and Florida because they're carrying loads in for the relief efforts. Wow. And there's great contracts because there's money to be spent down there. Yeah. So they don't have to you know price themselves as competitively because they're getting full boat down there. Interesting. So you've run into logistics issues just because of these disasters oh, as well. Uh, our operations manager um, used to have a full head of hair, and now he's you know Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's been stressed out now. He's still gotten the beer where it needs to go. Okay, without a doubt, he's on it. But it but now it takes twenty phone calls instead of maybe what you already had in place, and it might cost more too. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. See, people don't think about this stuff, and uh, you guys don't talk about it too much. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, and we absorb it. I mean, that's the idea. All brewers do. I mean, we're not we're not unique to that. I mean, it's not like we increased our prices for everybody because I had trucks stuck trying to get across the hill to Portland last sure. winter because we had an inordinately heavy winter snow. Well, and hopefully it's temporarily it would, it, temporary. It would seem odd for you to. Raise prices for for six months and then go right back down. So yep. you kind of got to bite that bullet for a little while. Yeah, you have you have to look at more of a blended margin, the overall book of business. Yeah, um, you know it, it is still a business at the end of the day. How many states are you guys distributed in? Currently eleven. Uh, we've okay. got some more. In fact, uh, you know I wouldn't mind actually sharing. We haven't publicly announced. Uh, we haven't put out press releases. But uh, wait, we, hang on. Are we going to get a scoop? Whoa. Nobody you, ever you, gives us a scoop. <laughs> you, would you like wow. a scoop? I would love a scoop. So we did start out West Coast forward. We've got the West Coast done. We do go all the way to Georgia. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm very excited and pleased to announce that we'll have the entire states of Massachusetts and Rhode Island launched in January. Nice. Uh, we'll have Tennessee launched in February, and we have a list of states coming right behind them that we'll be announcing shortly. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the scoop. All right. In Tennessee yeah. for CBC. Huh? Uh, we will. And in fact, we've actually been working on Tennessee for two years, so it's coincidental. Um, it was not because of CBC that we wanted to be in Tennessee, uh, but we are going to be there in time for CBC. So great. there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, that's great. Music, Music City in April is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited, but I get to go this year. Excellent. Nashville's beautiful. Too. Do I go? Yes. Uh, possibly. Nice. I would like to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like Nashville. I don't want to go so much anymore. Uh, now the Shimke's going? <laughs> yeah. I got Shimke busy also. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hyper busy. Yeah. Shimke, you're making me lose my staff. I want to go. I like Shimke. <laughs> Could you handle both of us? You two are both useless to me, so what am I going to do with you guys? <laughs> 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 Good.
good answer, Bev. No need for interpretation there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we try a beer uh, sure. before things get too there heavy? We go. Around there here. we go. Um, tell me what our first beer. I believe it's one of the Blondales, right? We are. We're uh, going to start out with Born Blonde. Okay. So, you know, a nice little naming convention because, uh, you know, there's 5,700 of us out, out there trying to figure out how to name all 4,000 of our sure. beers. Sure. Uh, is so, this a tribute to the Jason Bourne series of movies? It, it is not a tribute oh, okay. to Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah. A great, great series. No, this is just our little homage to the you know, classic blonde, 4.8%, nice and light, easy drinking, simple ingredients, you know, kind of getting to that aspect. If you can do something basic, simple, traditional well, then uh, hopefully that's indicative that you can do all things well. Sure. I, we believe in that philosophy around here. I think this is a nice clean fermentation. You've done well on this. Uh, filtered, obviously. Uh, filtered, yes. Yeah. Uh, we actually use a centrifuge as process to it. Uh, we also have DE filtration. We don't do any type of fining or anything like that okay. uh, on it. So all of our beers uh, do not use any type of gelatin-based products or anything like that. No. Mm, luckily, the cloudy blonde hasn't taken off yet. No, so no cloudy blondes. Thank goodness for that. So yeah, we like nice, clean, crisp, uh, dry, fully finished uh, with just a little bit of bite on the back end just to let you know that the hops are there. I think that's exactly what this beer is. Believe it or not, it's not often that someone comes in who makes the beer, describes it that way, and then we're like, yeah, it's kind of that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you wish it was that yeah, way. This, right. This is exactly that. It, for sure. 100%. What are the hops that you use? And, and you're right that it's just a, a subtle bite at the end. Yeah, crystal. Uh, just nice nice and basic. So okay. it's those crystal hops. I mean, you're, you're talking you know, pale flake. This, this this is it. I mean, it's simple, simple ingredients on it. Um, the idea is to do it right, do it well, uh, clean, qualitative, consistent repeat hmm. at two breweries make sure they're both the same oh so that's interesting and do you guys do that kind of side by side to you know make sure they're they're making the same beer both breweries produce the same core beers uh, they each have a little local flair and spin for themselves to show some personality um, but otherwise all of our core products come out you know all of our packages if you look at them say vista california and napa idaho on okay. them and so we want to make sure the beer is balanced i mean again clean qualitative consistent that is the mantra i would guess that you could tell the difference of this beer and which location it came out of, but maybe I couldn't. Uh, I think you would be correct and accurate in saying that. And, yeah. and I'm, I, I, you can't, I've got a face for radio, so you can't see uh, you can't see what I'm saying right now. But uh, you know, Mike and I, as I've been in market, we were talking a little bit about that as we've been visiting some of his accounts because um, I'm, I'm getting some beers that have come out of Nampa uh, that I can compare to the beers that we put out of Vista. And I, I noticed a little variation that, that caused me to uh, call our head brewer this morning um, and have a discussion. Uh, He's like, yeah, you, you're right on and uh we i had recognized it already and made a tweak and an adjustment to it consumer would never know right uh, consumer would never ever know but it wasn't just enough of a variation to say oh yeah something that makes you go hmm is it i would think that those variations might come mostly from water do you, is yeah, that the it, case? They, or? they certainly could come from water. In this case, it wasn't. It was because uh, it was an adjuncted beer, so it was just oh. recipe-driven uh, and a little bit of process because of the scaling of the size of the systems and the type of systems that we use. Um, water can impact, but uh, the water is balanced so that they're both of them are really good. And the water profile, the base profile up in Idaho is phenomenal. Okay. Um, so we actually did the reverse. Instead of trying to balance Idaho to Vista, we did it the opposite, the reciprocal way of balancing Vista to Idaho. Idaho because we had such a phenomenal profile. The volcanic soil, everything you get off the water table is, is amazing up there. Okay, it's a very basic uh, treatment. We don't we don't uh, phosphate. We don't add anything back in up there. Got it. What are the different systems? You mentioned square footage, but yeah. what are the square uh, so, houses? So we used to, uh, Dan Love, who's our, our founder, our CEO, our, our owner, uh, we are a family-owned and operated company, and most of the family still works for uh, the company, so it's very incestuous okay. uh, in, in a way. Uh, you know, when we first started, you know, he, he would uh, buy a new brew system every year. 
um, you know, starts out with his little homebrew system. Next thing you know, he's, he's added a system the next year. Then he adds a slightly larger system. He has a slightly larger system. He did it every year. And I started giving him a hard time, like, Dan, you know, it really isn't very good business to be replacing your brew house every single year. Um, and his response to me, uh, then and now, was, hey, but Kev, you know, I paid cash for every single one, and I sold every single one for more than I paid for it. Oh, really? And that's wow. true. And so that ended in 2013 when we installed a premier oversized 20 uh, brew house in the Vista facility. That'll be the final system that goes in there. Uh, so we have a three-vessel premiere there. But then when we opened up Idaho, we went and we opened up a 40-barrel, four-vessel Mueller full-auto system, pre-plumb for the fifth vessel. Uh, it, it is a behemoth of a, of a system to look at it. You know, it's it's uh, looks very industrial. It looks like a nice big toy to, yeah. to play with uh, yeah. in, in a huge you know warehouse shed. You know. I assume that wasn't a cash transaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That, the first yeah. time. It, it, yeah. it, it was not. But, uh, you know, we are not a leveraged company in that and, that, and that's one of the things that I'm very, very proud of. And believe me, I'm, I'm with every passionate brewer that wants to go out there and make great beer and get it out to a thirsty public and to, you know, obviously pay the bills and, you know, keep uh, food on the table for their families and for the people that work with and for them. Um, at the same time, you know, you have to be really, really smart and strategic and have a business acumen about what you do. Yeah. We do not grow states because we need to sell beer. Uh, we grow states because people want us to be there and we have the ability to do it, but not because we've got some huge mass of loan. There's been no news articles telling us how big a note we took out because sure. we didn't. Well, <laughs> very it. good. Oh. You're also full of the things I haven't thought about in this interview so far. Um, I think it's a great point for our maybe startup uh, listeners that you can potentially sell a system for at least, if not more, than what you bought it for. And I think that's always a struggle for, for startups is what size brewery do I get? Yeah. And, of course, I always knew that, that breweries sell their systems. Never in my dreams would I thought that you could potentially sell it for, for what you paid for because it's still, as the technology uh, keeps going, brand-new systems get more and more expensive. And the one that you bought... Holds its value. Yep, it's actually yeah. an investment, which I never, well, especially in this market, right? right. Yeah. yeah, and what a great investment. Maybe twenty years ago, probably not so much. But, yeah, but now, yeah, but, sure, as there's a startup every five minutes, you yeah. know, another. Brewery. I just opened two breweries right so. now in the last five minutes, <laughs> and I guess I just bring nope, it up because closed. maybe people can be less stressed out about the size of system they buy, knowing, don't worry, you get your money back. Well, and your ability to get to market, because as demand has increased and the burgeoning market has grown rapidly, the ability to buy new systems has gotten taken longer and longer. And okay. so, you know, whereas you might think, oh, I can get that system in six months. It's now like 18 to 24 month lead time, wow. not including the build out of the of the facility. If it's an existing facility in light industrial, how much square footage are you going to get? How can you grow? What are the economies of scale that are there for that? Because, sure. you know, your growth model is predicated not just on your ability to brew, it's your ability to store cooperage, it's your refrigeration, you know, it's a lot more than that. We were extremely fortunate that, you know, we, we used to have a church located next door to the brewery. They're gone. That's now brewery. Did you uh, drive had, them out? Had, well, I'm not saying that. We had, a, we had batting cages on the other side of the brew house, okay. and they're not there, but there's a lot of fermenters in that place, that space. You know, we, we were very fortunate in that regards. Not everybody can do that. Okay. That is that in the Idaho location. That's the Vista about. location. The Idaho, oh, okay. Idaho, forty thousand square feet out the door. Wow. Big, you know, two uh, twenty thousand square foot contiguous locations tied right together. It, it's a beautifully laid out facility, and we have, have the room to take on additional square footage and grow. Um, it, it's perfectly laid out for our needs now and into the future. Now, how long? When did you open the first one? The first one was two thousand ten. <laughs> okay. The company was formed a couple years before. Uh, Dan brought in a brewing consultant uh, and worked with them for about eighteen months. Guy that has uh, somewhat familiarity. 
out in the industry by the name of Lee Chase. Sure, we know uh, Lee. So, so Lee's, Lee's always been a dear friend uh, to us and to the company. And so, you know, Lee came in and helped uh, as we did the strategic business plan, talked about uh, how we were going to scale the original recipes, make sure that they're going to be clean, qualitative, and consistent, if you will, uh, and then take it from there. So then we went into full operation 2010, and then, uh, you know, a little bit of a different profile. It's rather vertical. We started out package forward, so we, you know, we were putting bottles out onto shelves before we had a keg draft program okay. um, out there and then went into major distribution in 2013 and the rest wow. is history. Dan sounds like a man with a plan. Like He really sounds like a smart guy, thought this out, and yep. took the time uh, to, to do it right even in the beginning if, you know, with a consultant and, and waiting a couple years to be on the shelf. Now, you, one of the things I, I often say is, you know, passion doesn't pay the bills, right? Yeah. Passion is, does not equate to profitability. So, you know, there has to be a business acumen and a strategy behind what you're doing. Um, the passion is certainly uh, its core. It, it's, uh, you know, an equity that you cannot give up. It gets harder and harder to maintain the larger you get. Um, but you have to be, you know, work really, really hard to maintain that. But really, end of the day, yeah. it's a business. We've got to run it like a business. Sure. I'm going to learn that one of these days. <laughs> one, of these, one of these in- interviews, I'm going to go. Oh, that was that was an interesting point. I'm just I'm not going to doze off like I normally do. <laughs> right. One day, maybe, and then at that moment, the other foot will fall off. <laughs> That's right. All right, we got another blonde ale, but this one with a little variation. This is called what? Call me Ginger. Call me Ginger. And so, you know, this is the uh, you know thing of variations on a theme. Um, we're not a brewery that does just several base beers and then you know puts them out a bunch of different ways. There's a really great model for doing that, um, and I really love what some people do in that aspect and certainly that plays a lot in the sour world and such you know mm-hmm. in the barrel world um it's great but what we were really looking for was something light refreshing a little bit different that we felt the consumer was you know really going for and ginger has it right you get a little bit of a spicy note you get a little bit of the vegetable side um you want to be a little bit of acidity to it so we add in some lemon to it um and create okay. a gem and linger gem and linger gem and linger ginger snap a type of- lemon ginger ginger lemon blonde i think you achieved that too it's interesting i'm glad you said like the spice and and some of the other characteristics my first sip i was like okay chinese food but then the aftertaste as it faded away it's more like gingerbread or ginger snaps so the spice up front but then the sweetness kind of in the back it tasted exactly like the triple ginger cookies from trader joe's okay which i've eaten a lot of recently because i use it as a crust yeah yeah. i wish um it tastes just like that like a lot of dark sugar like a lot of dark brown sugars okay um, in a very light blondale yeah i like this beer yeah it's really good yeah and you know if this is something that we felt that there was a really good place for it. Um, we put it out earlier this year, starting in Vista. It, it just took off like crazy. So we started producing it up in Nampa as well. Now both breweries are doing it, uh, and there's a very good likelihood you'll see this in a, a future can package. So I can, that's what I was going to ask. It does definitely seem like it lends itself to cans and uh, being right. out of it's the It's crushable. Limit. I want to eat it with pho. Uh, and then also with dessert. Like, it yeah. fits both of those things. We, we have a good number of sushi restaurants that, that have it on all the time. Okay. Yeah, I can see that as a as a perfect fit. What form is the ginger? Do you know that you put it? It's in actually ginger? natural fresh ginger, which is extremely expensive. Okay. Uh, we did not pick the uh, the the easy button on this one, uh, which has been a conversation uh, that we've had continuously because it's much more expensive to make than what you would think for a low ABV beer. Sure. Um, but again, it was the right thing to do, and so we do look at all the processes and procedures and the different types of ingredients that you can get, brewers' ingredients as well as food ingredients, to say what works. Um, right now, you know, we're basically 
basically letting this lay on regular full ginger and lemon um, at the end during the uh, you know basically a dry hop part of the process. So do you have um, to like you have to peel the ginger or something. I see. Oh yeah, we or get it, it we, we do we or? do get it pre peeled, so it's basically but shaved, whole. ready, but it's, it's regular fresh natural ginger. Yeah. So it comes peeled, comes peeled, comes, but whole comes chunks. Back. You throw that in just like that. Put put that into the bright tank. Let it sit. Okay. So yeah. Let it sit for a number of days. Yeah. Is that, it pasteurized? How does? It yeah. So it, so okay. it is a food safe product. So that's the whole idea. You know, you you can't just go grab. If you're doing it in the boil, I mean, I know many breweries that use ginger that yeah. literally are going to their local grocer and grabbing something. They're shaving it. They're cutting it. They're putting it in there, but they're usually putting it into the kettle. Sure. Um, so they're cooking it all the way so they're perfectly good. Because we're doing it on, on the back end process, this is a hermetically sealed, full you know, food, brewer's grade product. Okay. Got it. That seems scary to me. I would have chickened out on putting it in, putting whole ginger <laughs> yeah. into the, like as a dry hop. This, this, this is a bad thing. It's not like you're just throwing loose stuff in there that's got to be filtered out and everything else. No, no, so I don't is... mean that. I mean the amount of ginger flavor that yeah. could potentially come out of that is more what I would be concerned about, that you've just overwhelmed the beer with, with ginger. No, we, we, we clearly you have Very haven't. meticulous. We did uh, tasting panels. Uh, we used one of, in fact, the same brewer that does our barrel program um, to measure out all the analytics on that uh, literally called me in one day and says, you know, I got 10 different versions of this right here. So start blind tasting them, see where we're at. And so, you know, went through a whole panel and process, uh, did that with, you know, all the applicable staff members, you know, t- takes a look at that, puts together the spec numbers to it. Hmm. And then we kind of say, all right, here's where we think it should be. Got it. Do you remember how many pounds per barrel uh, ginger? I, I don't. I, well, I take that back. I, originally, I believe it started out at 1.5 pounds per barrel, uh, and it may still be there. But uh, as I was mentioning to our trailblazer, Mike, here earlier, sometimes I have to look up our own stuff because the brewers may evolve it to the next level, yeah. and they may not keep me up to date on it at the same. So, sure. yeah, I know it started out right there in that range. It may still be there. It may not. Well, it's an agricultural product, too. It could vary from year to year or batch to batch. Yeah, so. you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I, t- I get a different flavor every sip I take. It's really, it's really, <laughs> it does kind of change. Yeah. I it love does that. grow on you, and it, and it gives you more palate coat. And uh, you, as you get to the end of the glass, the finish in there, it really kinds of really take hold. Yeah, I, I like that about it. And what about the lemon? Is that also dry hopped? In what it's form dry, is that? It's dry lemon. So that's the, yeah. that's the, you know, the oh, okay. basic dry lemon that we normally use for for brewers' ingredients. It, you mean the zest, right? Yeah. yeah. Got it. You know, again, not trying to go for the bitter. We're not trying to go uh, over the top uh, acidity. You know, we want a little bit of citric, just to kind of balance that out. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want it to be overly aggressive. It should be again very quenchable. Is the base the same as the blonde ale it, we already it, tried? It, it so is, same it beer. Is, you it just, is born blonde. Yeah. Just add these adjuncts yep. to it. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, thank you. And I really like how it keeps changing. So, yeah, this, get it in the cans. You're going to sell a shitload of that beer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We, we, yeah. we think so, too. We've actually been polling uh, not just our markets, our trailblazers, our distributors. Um, we, we like to spend a lot of time piloting things out to make sure we're making the right decision. That's. It sounds like that is what you guys do all the way through the business, is making sure you're doing the right thing first. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the old just construction adage, you know, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. I still haven't learned that. Hey, but you know what, Jay? When we started the Brewing Network, nobody yeah. was doing this. True. So we had to just, you know, we we, we didn't have anybody to, there to draw. There was no reference. Right. right. Yeah. Nobody, there still so, isn't, really. Nobody right. was running business as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes you didn't have to, right? Oh, right yeah. yeah, that's right. You we know, didn't have to. You know, that was the right. whole ride the wave. You know, if they build it, they will come. Still yeah. solves all things. All those things. Those last a while. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You're right. Look at prostitution. They last exactly 13 years, for example. <laughs> Pro- this is our last show. <laughs> right, yeah. Are we going to have another we're, scoop? We're going out with Kevin. He's <laughs> yes. too smart. He's too good. There you go. We're out after we're this. Done. It's funny you say prostitution because that's a good segue to our next beer. Okay. Oh, which oh. is uh, in a Russian girl stat. What do we have? The men. Uh, we have syntax. <laughs> I mean, women. Ah, yeah. Syntax. Okay. Syntax. You know, and, and syntax, the naming convention, comes from the prohibition era of how the government tried to regulate those things that they considered sins, so which not, happened to be alcohol and vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so exactly not like S Y N tax, like no, a coding no. thing or whatever. The other one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the other one. So syntax is our imperial peanut butter stout. Uh, it is a year-round core beer. You know, you wouldn't figure oh, that really? your li- line-leading flagship stout was going to be a big eight point one percent imperial, Mm-mm. but for us, it is. Okay. Is nitro also? Uh, we actually do it year-round on nitro. This is the CO2 presentation, but we do it year-round oh, really? on nitro. Yeah. Looks like nitro, No, it's too. on nitro. Oh, is it? We have we, it on oh, nitro. We have a nitro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. I didn't even so see So this came off yet. our tap. Yes, I think we're, yes, we're, yes, we're pouring wow. it here. Yeah, okay. Were, were they all on tap, Beaver, the blondes, Yes, too? they were. Oh, wow. look at that. You guys are doing a little tap takeover with we us. We are. I yeah, like no, it. We have five beers of theirs on tap right now. So That's awesome. I didn't even know you had it on nitro. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm trying to pick up the peanut butter, to be honest. My first... I, so you told me before the show that it was peanut butter, but I'm a fucking idiot, so I forgot already. So the first sip I took, I actually was picking out coconut. Mm-hmm. And so you just gave the description, and I went, oh, yeah, you said it's peanut butter. It's like a dry... Th- it's at the end more than anything. That's yeah. exactly right. The dry thing happens... And then there it is. It's yeah. a nuance. So we don't want a lick the roof of your mouth, feed it to your dog, peanut butter beer. Whoa. This is not a sweet stout. Speaking um, of porn. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yo, Wait, it, what? It, <laughs> go on. I was it's a, a teenager big, once. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a it's big robust Eve. The whole idea is that, you know, butterscotch is bad, right? Because butterscotch is what? It's diacetyl. It's not, this, is, yeah. this is not Chardonnay. We're not looking for a big butter bomb. We don't want that. So instead, what we're trying to do is, right, we've got 8% of alcohol. We've got some big roasty malts. So how do we cut that and balance it out to the point that something is just like smooth and silky, mm-hmm. um, not hot at all? And so we use the peanut butter for that purpose. So a little bit on the nose, a little bit on the finish, but not a lot in the mid. Is it chunky or creamy peanut butter? <laughs> it would be creamy peanut butter. Okay. And no allergens. Um, we use a tincture process. So there's actually no meat solids. We don't have to filter anything out. So, you know, you're using ethyl alcohol to strip away the oils okay. uh, from the peanuts, which gives you all the flavoroids, but it leaves behind the suspended solids, which contain the allergens. So no EpiPen required is what I like to say. Not to mention the mess in the brew house that it would have been. That's also you... true. So, you know, you're not worrying about gunking up your system or gunking up the tanks or anything else. And we do the same basic process for the other adjuncted beers that we put out. You know, our other flagship being Cali Creamin, which is a vanilla cream ale, uses the same exact process. Process just with vanilla instead of peanut butter. Do you make the tinctures or you buy them? We do not. No, okay. we, no we, yeah. we get it from a company that does it for us, um, and they do it in bulk. I mean, again, two breweries, uh, and not just the United States, but the other 13 countries that we service. Um, these beers are in production all the time. Wow. You know, so for that, we couldn't do it ourselves if we wanted to. Do you ever taste just the the tincture itself? Like uh, no, no, I've, 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 well, I haven't. I haven't. I've done it in the coke nose aspect. So I've I take a Wait little a bit of my pinky and I've rubbed it on my gum. Oh, I see. Okay. So I've done that, but no, I've, I've never. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's what you meant. That's yeah. what you meant. That's what I meant. We got uh, you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's uh, over the top to try to take full on and put it right on the palate. I, okay. I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I don't think it would it would represent itself the way it should. Right. right. It, it needs to be in suspension. It needs to be in some base. Okay. Does that tincture process also leave behind the 
fatty oils and stuff that would kill the head retention no. in the beer? So that's okay. part of the reason for doing it as well, because you do want good head retention, so you don't want to take that away by having a whole bunch of oils in there. So by stripping it away this way, we're really just adding the flavor component to it, not the oil component. So it does take away the oil, yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't it's, end up in the beer. the oil, but you're getting it to, into the alcohol aspect, which you're now dosing into the beer, not taking this oils themselves, which the viscosity is going to blow your head retention off of. Um, that's not going to work. And it won't homogenize the same way, right? So it'll come out of suspension. We don't want that. Okay. okay. And anything, what about the coconut flavor I'm getting? Well, the coconut is just a byproduct because you're using roasted malt. So you get all that okay. roasted barley and malt on there. Yeah. You put it together, you end up with a coconut profile. And so it's just, it was something that we learned a few years ago with a different beer that we did out of our barrel program and said, holy cow, if you put these things together, you get coconut. Yeah. Like, wow. Got it. You know, that's the uh, jelly belly aspect, right? Of put, putting different things together and creating flavors you wouldn't think it would otherwise be there. But sure. you know. Do you know how many different malts are in this beer? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ish? Five, maybe six. Really? Uh, you know, you're talking uh, your crystals, of which we've got dark and light. I think we've got, uh, I know we've got roasted barley in there. We've got some wheat. Uh, I think we've got white and dark wheat in there. Uh, we've got, uh, what else do we have in there? Uh, hit the barley, hit the wheat, hit the crystals on it, chocolate, uh, brown sugar, which is not a malt, but that is a, a major Oh, you do put some brown it. sugar in okay. We do brown sugar. It's natural, full brown sugar, but we do it uh, on the front end, so we cook it out. So that way uh, the, all the fermentables are done, so the sugar doesn't come behind and stay behind as part of the ABV. All the fermentables come from the malts, not from the sugar. I mean, you get a little bit, but but you're doing it during the... You know, so where do you put it? Yeah. Not, you don't put it in the mash. You put it in the kettle? kettle. You just yeah. put the brown yeah. sugar right in the kettle. You get some melanoidin out of that or something too, just because yeah, it kind of. Of course yeah. you would, yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. So you, you're going to get that and leave it behind. It gives you a little bit more of that roastiness to it, that sure. creme brulee. But the, so you're getting some flavor, but I assume you're probably also trying to boost the alcohol with the sugar. But instead of using, yeah, yeah, just I mean, you are you are pure sugar. You are fermenting it out, but you're doing it in a level to reach the target alcohol. The alcohol is not a byproduct because we're putting the sugar. It's, sure. it's done by, by intent because okay. the sugar works really really well with the mouth profile and the flavors. Right. No, I guess which is common. I guess what I mean is often it's common to use just just plain uh, dextrin. Dextrin. Right. right? But, but we're not doing. But we you want wanted more component. flavor. Yeah. Right. That's okay. why. That's what I mean about we're not putting sugar in there for the fermentables. It's the byproduct. We're really going for the flavor. Got we it. just have to adjust the malt bill in order to be able to adjust for the sugars. I see. Okay. It's, see, this is also nice. And you, you mentioned, so a lot of times, especially with a lot of dark dark malt, you can get that kind of chalky or, or acrid. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have accomplished smoothing that out with the with the peanut butter and probably the malt bill itself. Um but it doesn't. It's not left behind like really sweet. I don't actually find this to be a very sweet beer. No. Am I crazy? Do you guys think it's sweet? Like I find it to be. No. I'm kind of no. sensitive to sweet. I don't like no. sweets. I don't like sweet beer. It's not cloying. It's and, not what right. you would expect it to be. I feel like it rounded out the sharp edges, like you were talking about, that could have been there from the roasted malts. But it's not really left me with like a peanut butter sweet bomb. Yeah. Yeah, know. and it's it. You. Milk stouts could do that for you, right? Put some, oh, la- yeah. put some lactose, put yeah. some more flake and stuff in there. Now you're going to get that. And, and by design, you want a little more sweetness with those. Those are those are more dessert-ish. This is more of your bourbon-esque, port-esque, mm-hmm. you know, sipper afterwards, not a dessert sweet. Um, you know, we're not going for Riesling Gewurztraminer here. You know, we're, we're yeah. trying to have something that's just got a little more of a kick. Yeah. I'd love to try the CO2 version of this. I was just going to mm. say the same thing. I think I would like it even better. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Just a little more carbonic acid to, to kind of clean the palate even more. Yeah. Just even to, to present some of these flavors. Yeah. 
a little bit more too. Well, and traditionally, that's how you'll find it. I mean, we do put this out both draft and in can, and so you're going to find it CO2 more often than not. Um, although it is available year-round nitro, and so it, it's kind of fun and sexy when you can find it. Yeah. And because we do that vanilla cream ale, which is also year-round nitro, we can do poor man's black and tans, what we call Cali tax, since we are overtaxed here in California. Um, and have a little fun doing that. <laughs> nice. I like the jabs with the names. It's appropriate, I think. Have fun, right? Yeah. All right, we have to take a quick break. Um, Shimki, I don't know if you noticed this, but I don't even think Bevo likes you. I noticed that you she didn't. Uh, well, she didn't give you any beer, though. Look, she gave. Uh, you know, I was just sitting here room. thinking yeah. I didn't get you beer. And I'm sorry. Here we are talking about it and uh, and and enjoying it. It's so wonderful, and you're just standing there without yeah. beer, and it just made me think. God, even Bevo, who likes everybody, doesn't like Shimki. You're also talking not into a microphone, so yeah. that's that's great. <laughs> I know. No microphone. Know. No beer. No chair. <laughs> I'm Warren so- gave me his microphone. Uh, I'm sorry. Warren likes me. Well, Warren and I are friends. No, no, you're buddies. You're not friends. He's just ready for a break. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah. yeah. By the way, who's Warren? I don't know. Kim's right. new best friend. <laughs> yeah. Kim's only friend. Right. Warren, uh, I bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I never do. Yeah. All right, I do have to get us to a break right. uh, real quick before I do that, though. Uh, don't forget about White Labs. My best friends in yeast. Speaking of best friends. And in general, White Labs has friends. <laughs> can, right, I be white friend, can I be White Labs friend instead? <laughs> be white friends. It's uh, not a choice, Warren. Have you heard about the two strains White Labs added to the vault for homebrewers? Uh, for their collection of specialty, one-of-a-kind strains, they put in WLP-066 London Fog Ale Yeast and 073 Artisanal Country Ale. Uh, now available for pre-orders using uh, by visiting whitelabs.com slash the vault. Well, once each strain reaches 150 orders, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. And there's good news for professional brewers, too. Uh, if you want access to any vault strain for your next brew day. Just place a minimum order of uh, 1.5 liters through yeastman.com or by contacting a customer service rep. So if you're crazy about the haze craze, uh, the WLP 066 London Fog Ale Yeast is a great choice for those hazy New England style IPAs. And WLP 073 Artisanal Country Ale is perfect for your next beer to guard or other farmhouse style ale. So Appropriately cloudy. Don't wait uh, home brewers. Visit White Labs dot com slash the vault yes. and uh, learn more and you can pre-order today. It's a pretty cool program. You just go put in your order. Uh, I don't even think they charge you until they reach 150 and then they ship out the yeast. That's great. So, what a time to be a home brewer, man. This is it. That's right. Yeast on demand. Hang in there. It's the session and we will be right back with Mother Earth Brew Co. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for 
Denny Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises blickman engineering has the answer the blickman brew easy all grain brewing system the brew easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design perfect for any size brewing location at its core the brew easy is built on two gorgeous blickman boilermaker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. 
That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Hi, this is Tyler from Libertine Brewing Company in the central coast of California. You're listening to Brewing Network, The Session. It sucks. Is it sucks? It sucks. But that's what's good about it, is that it sucks, right? Yeah, welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us. If you have not visited craftbeer.com recently, you should. You know, there are more than 5,000 breweries in the U.S. right now. And craftbeer.com has a brewery finder published by the Brewers Association that's got them all. It's the most robust U.S. brewery finder, whether you're traveling or exploring your own city. You can find breweries by current location or search in other states. You'll find directories and contact uh, directions rather and contact info straight from the brewery finder. You'll also find breweries' uh, handles on the uh, social media so you can check them all out just go to craftbeer.com and check out the brewery finder i love those guys at craftbeer.com yeah absolutely they're good news over there too you should sign up to their twitter and all that stuff because they put out some good relevant news content baby and our old friend Julia Hers is like the head cheerleader in charge of, oh. uh, of uh, crapbeer.com. And I like she, her, too. She's a badass. I love yeah. that woman. Full of energy, that uh, woman. Oh, my God. The energy. Oh, wind her up. Jesus. Goes and goes. She is like I think they called her this year like the energy bunny, uh, energizer bunny, bunny. Uh, Jesus Christ! Is that Russian Imperial Stout you gave me? What Kevin? is wrong with you right now? The energizer bunny of the Brewers Association, but uh, it wasn't just me. Talented, talented person over there, Julia. Check out craftbeer.com. Um, God, I think we have another Russian Imperial Stout to taste. Yeah, too. we do. Bevo asked if I wanted to, you know, clear out any of the beers I had, and uh, I, I loved them, but I'm, I didn't want to drink so much. I was like, yeah, you can take the Blondales away. Said <laughs> I'll keep the Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> the, the peanut butter Russian Imperial Stout. It's just so good, though. It is really good, yeah. It's a nice beer. Hopefully it'll cut through this. I had one of Kim's um, uh, brownie bites that she brought in or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like a pot cookie. Were they, are you sure they weren't tainted? I asked her several times. We'll find out. And she never answered me. But it's like and now my tongue is coated with like fake like saccharin <laughs> fake sugar, like Splenda, and it's just chemically and fucking gross. So I'm, I'm actually interested to get something good back in my face. Back in your mouth? Yeah. Or yeah. anything. Or anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything else. Hey, whatever's closer. I don't really care. Well, Kevin from uh, Mother Earth Bruco is here to help. We've Aren't got, closest we've got to more Abby's closest. <laughs> yeah. No, I got beers. I got beers that are closer. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a couple more to try, yes. and um, I figure we'll stay with the Russian Imperial Stout theme, if that's okay with you. That's fine by me. Before we, it is your show. Uh, yeah, but nobody lets me do what I want anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never here. I, I so. can empathize with that. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm not even the boss. Uh, Beardy's shit. the boss now. Oh, oh shit! I got quit. a promotion. Yeah. Luckily, nobody listens to him either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so what is the next beer? It is a Russian Imperial Stout, right? Right. So, you know, Syntax being an Imperial Peanut Butter Stout year-round, we wanted to have something else that was year-round out of the barrel program because we have a barrel program called the Four Seasons of Mother Earth, but it only releases on the appropriate solstice or equinox. So what do you do in between? Well, You guys are complex. I know. We're, we're too complex. We overthink <laughs> ourselves all the time, which mainly means it's me doing it, uh, which I apologize That's to everyone, all right. especially our staff. Um, so... We really, I wanted something that had to be year round. And so to do that, we said, hey, why don't we put together a really great kick ass beer? I talked to Chris Baker, our head brewer. He's like, I love Russian Imperial Stouts. Can I do a bourbon barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout? Which, of course, we said, can you? And, and <laughs> yeah. he said, yes, I can. Uh, and to do it and to do it well, you know, the idea is to make sure we're doing it with multiple vintages of barrels. And so that way, what we're doing is we're debarreling twice a year, every year, but we're doing it with up to three years of vintage uh, and blending that together to come out with a really rad kick-ass 11.7% wow. bourbon barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout called Quit Stalin. Okay. I have like three more live reads to do tonight. This is going to get difficult. <laughs> uh, you know, so Warren do. This cheers, is a, cheers, by this the way, everybody. I didn't, say, I, didn't say, I didn't say cheers to everybody Thanks, at the beginning. Here's my faux pas. Appreciate that. That's all right. How, 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 da- how dare we? This is definitely a beer worthy of cheering. And you said it's about three years of different vintages and then uh, up blend to, it together? Up to three up years. Two, okay. And so, um, you know, we started the program uh, just under four years ago, uh, laid down barrels. We start to de-barrel blend. We keep on some of those barrels. We look at the maturation every time. Add in. Uh, Chris and I were talking today, and he uh, informed me this morning that uh, he's going to be debarreling about 30 barrels worth of Quit Stalin coming up wow. uh, right now out of the current vintage, uh, along with some other lay down barrels, as he said, are getting to the ripe old age, so it's time okay. to get them out. Uh, so in doing that, so you want you know you're balancing the heat, right? So you're taking anything that could be six to nine months down, uh, usually no less than that. Usually it's more around nine months at the earliest, up to three years. Okay. Uh, this is definitely worthy of aging. This is an awesome beer. Um, I taste the, and and let me finish because I'm I don't want it to sound like I mean this beer is sweet. I'm glad you mentioned the the alcohol content and that you're kind of wrangling in the heat, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you told me there was brown sugar in the other beer, I wouldn't have picked that out myself. This one, I feel like I get some of that, and then and the melanoins and. I bet there's none even in it, but uh, maybe there. But I, I get more of what I would expect from brown sugar. So on one hand, I want to say this is a sweeter beer. However, with the alcohol heat that you do have, that you did keep, it doesn't it doesn't drink that way, if that makes sense. So I'm picking up like sweeter melanoidin type flavors, but it doesn't finish or drink like a sweet beer still because you got some heat going on. Yep. Uh, is there brown sugar in I this agree one? with you completely. Okay. Uh, and, and, and this one, yes, there's brown sugar. There is. Okay. So, so there is. However, I don't equate it to the brown sugar myself personally as much as I do to a fine Kentucky bourbon or Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Whereas you would get that sweetness and such that comes out of the mellowing and aging process that you're pulling back out of the barrels and you get that caramel that comes out of it. Um, I pulled more of that, but I think that's more because I'm centric towards the spirit of saying, yeah, right. where's the bourbon and i like right where the bourbon's at see and this is now doc drinks more doc drinks bourbon and actually so does so does beardy over here and he's always trying to get me to like it and i spent quite a bit of it yesterday did you (laughs) (laughs) that would explain uh your mellowness tonight maybe (laughs) 
But some of these characteristics that you're saying comes from the barrel. This is what, what bourbon and whiskey drinkers always tell me. Like, oh, it has this and it has that. I don't taste any of that shit. I just taste a bunch of heat. <laughs> yeah. But in this, I'm kind of glad you're telling me that that's where it's coming from because it's kind of giving me a, an appreciation for bourbon and for the for the barrels because in this, I can taste all that because I'm not just burning my throat, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you completely. You know, the one thing about spirits where, you know, as brewers, um, we're kind of on a hurry-up offense, right? You know, we're, we're putting something out. You know, brewing, of course, is more akin to baking. It's a recipe-driven, time-temperature recipe aspect to it. And so you're trying to get something out in a fairly short period of time. And so sometimes the temptation is to throw a bunch of stuff into a barrel, let the barrel sit for a while, then take those barrels and blend them together and say, I've got a blended barrel beer. And, and you really don't because you, you've got all the same barrels put down at the same time. Yeah. Unlike the spirit world where they're going to take a bunch of whiskey, they're going to put it into barrels, but then they're going to put the barrels in different places, right? They're going to put them on different racks at different levels in the in the houses, the sheds. And so you're going to get some that are at the top that are getting more heat. You're going to get some in the back where it's dark and cool, a little more humidity, you know, and they're going to let them sit down for a long time. And yeah. that mellowing, that time where, you know, the wood's opening up and you get the tannins, the vanillin process that comes out of it, that takes time. And so we're trying to grab a little bit of that yeah. um, while at the same time put it into a format that we're not waiting seven years to get it. Sure. Well, and you must it must be coming from some of the malt and the, and the sugar, too. And the reason I say that is often we'll taste these barrel-aged beers in here, and it's easy for us to talk about an oak flavor and a vanilla flavor. And, we get, and, and heat. Uh, it, to me, it seems like a very common, like those are the three things. But this is not overly vanilla to me, and, and I don't taste a bunch of oak, and I'm not getting a bunch of heat. Instead, I'm getting, uh, similar to the other beer, to the, the, the peanut butter one, um, but not the same, where, uh, chocolate. Um, a little bit of vanilla, um, tiny bit of coconut, not like I tasted in the other one. In other words, a lot more complex flavors than just vanilla and oak. Yep, I completely agree with you again. And it's I think it's that combination of a lot of really good, robust flavors melded together um, and then put into a barrel and let the barrel do its work and then blending that properly to get back to the result you're looking for, which is something that shouldn't be uh, overly acidic. Um, it shouldn't have a whole bunch of bite to it. It shouldn't have too much tannin. It shouldn't be overly dry. And it certainly shouldn't be hot. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just the, the heat's rarely good for, for beers, I mean, sure. at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, sometimes it's nice to say, oh, okay, I can tell that there's alcohol here and it's helping to cut through. But what heat, just like you said, heat is kind of something you don't really Yeah, want. if it's phenolic and you're getting to the point that it's like all I'm getting is wispy alcohol and bourbon breath, um, to me that's not necessarily a good thing. It yeah. is for bourbon sometimes because you're looking for that because you're, you're grabbing the flavors that are contained in those aromatics, um, but not as much for beer. Okay. I am not the biggest Russian Imperial Stout fan, but these these are really nice. They're and, solid, man. Uh, yeah. They are. And, in fact, I would often avoid, like, there's a lot of barrel-aged beer fests. And I went, like, in the early years of the BN, and oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't really go to one now. But I would love to have this beer. This is a really nice one. I, I think they just really drink differently to me. Uh, not the, well, like we're talking about, not the heat. Um, not overly oaked. Well, not just some of the things that just, like, oh, you go, well, that's from a barrel. You know. Yeah, I, and I think it's also maybe a self-imposed different way to drink, right? I think because you know it's a barrel-aged beer, it tastes different. It's not a pale ale. You're not trying to quaff it. You're not. You know, you're. It's. It, you know that you have to pick it apart. So, yeah, you yeah. have to digest it fully. Um, and and uh, most beers 
can't handle that. Most beers aren't like that. And most times sure. you're doing that, you're trying to look for a flaw, maybe like in a judging, or do I like this new brewery that I've never heard of? But a beer like this, it kind of just begs for that. Yeah. So you have to just approach it a lot a lot slowly, and a lot more slowly. Even in, frankly, in this size glass that we're doing, with these four-ounce taster glasses, like it's almost, it's yeah. just, it's like drinking a dessert uh, something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, better than those goddamn fucking brownie bites, I'll tell you that right now. Those <laughs> <laughs> are sitting in my stomach like Ed- yeah. edible. so much you mean the edible? swallowed yeah. anger. Yeah. Yeah. Did it not compliment them well? No, no it, it didn't, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. oh. Not Kevin's fault. Not no, 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 no. I'm not saying it than that. Yeah. I'm saying that uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's overpowering in a, in a good way. It's like a ray of sun. Sunshine sure. in my mouth. Yeah, the cupcakes eating away at your stomach yes. lining. The, the beer's just trying to help you. God, remember you want you want to cut compliment and contrast. You don't always want to put something on top of something else and think it's all of a sudden it's good. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you can't blend uh, buddyhood away. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, these cupcakes had frosting on them. When Whoa. the fuck is yeah. frosting on a right. brownie going to be? Come on, who does that? <laughs> Does that. Sorry, but you got you guys really paid it. you know the beer a lot of compliments because you know for us I don't want anyone to come out with a single note um, to someone to say that this is really chocolatey or this is just really you know phenolic or alcoholic and yeah. or this has you know a super <clears throat> bite to it to me then we didn't create something you know if if there's so many layers to it that every time you come back to it you taste something a little bit different and your perception's different because it's tempering or you're eating or you're talking whatever yeah. and you keep coming back and it gives you something else to think and experience to me that's a win. Um, and if you even to the point that you forget about it a little bit because you're just enjoying it so much and it's so smooth, yeah, yeah. then I'm like, yeah, that that on. That's a good That's point, good. too. Well, I, so I, first of all, I think all of your beers have been multifaceted like that, even the blonde. Um, uh, Second, it makes my job easier. Often, you know, we do bring up the same flavors on the show, and we do just have this sort of singular thing to talk about. And that has not been the case with, with these beers. It does make it easier for us. It gives us more things. Yeah, not a to, single note. Yeah, yeah. A little, Is, a little more are, of a symphony. Are the two uh, Imperial, Russian Imperial Stouts the same base beer? They're not the same base. Okay. Um, they do share, I mean, as they would for a stout, they do share some commonalities and ingredients. Okay. Um, but actually, Syntax has more structure and ingredients to it than Quit Stall does uh, and then the hop profile is different so uh with uh, a syntax that's a ctz hop uh, that we're using on it whereas we're using chinook on uh, quit stalling can i'm sure you can so ask more of a broad question can you really tell the difference in by using two different hops in a beer like this uh from an aromatic standpoint no okay. uh, nor should you okay. um, because they're not designed for that from a bitterness and palate feel i mean i think a little bit okay. um you know is it splitting hairs not to our brewers, um, okay, but, yeah. but maybe to the consumer. And that's important, of course. You want them to be excited about it and, and to put their mark on it, and that makes sense. But, yeah, again, like it might be something I wouldn't taste, but everybody on your team can taste it. Yeah. So, um you mentioned that you're releasing this beer twice a year. We debarrel it. De-barrel so it we, so we, the, the way I describe it is that we debarrel it to inventory twice a year. It's available to our distributors year round by multiple vintages. So that way it's always available. So there's okay. always quit stalling available in the world. Are, are you trying to get the same flavor profile each time, or are you just looking to make the best beer out of? the barrels that you have available and so you're okay with some batch variation or variation based on vintage is perfectly okay um we know it's going to be fairly close because the recipe is the same and the maturation is the same we taste test every single barrel individually and then we do a blend and say that's it we do not compare that blend to the previous release okay Interesting. Just by memory, I assume. Yeah, I just, you know, by memory experience, uh, the aspect of saying, is this the right 
beer um, and you know does it fit the profile but you know we're, we're not putting it out there and advertising it so that people can say well you know I want to get this one because this is lot code 43 release on the 12th of this month and this year we don't do that so okay. you know by and large no one's going to know no. which one's which we just want them to think it's a rad beer and sure it. How is this available? Is it, do we have this on tap too? You do have it yeah, on tap. Okay. So, so that's 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 a great thing. In fact, when we came in this evening and we were out there having a little uh, pre-show, get relaxed, self-medicate, good. party beer. Uh, there was a gentleman yeah. sitting at the bar and uh, was drinking one and turned around and said, "This beer is amazing." And went on to describe how much he liked it and then downed it and walked out. Wow. And we're like, "Well, we didn't really intend for you to down it that way, but that's glad you liked it." That's conquered for you, Kevin. Just <laughs> uh, what happens around yeah, here. Yeah, I've, I've learned. Actually, I've learned that. I'll tell you what. It doesn't mean they're. Not beer connoisseurs. They we just we'd like to drink fast around here. It's possible. Shimke probably gave him a brownie. Yeah, I gotta go puke this up. Hold on, it's washing it down. All good things in moderation. All great things to excess, just preferably in the right environment. That's right. And is this available in bottle format? It is not. This is draft only presentation. Again, it's there to complement the Four Seasons program, not to compete against it. The Four Seasons program does have bottle and draft releases. Got it. Well, these are all great beers, uh, and fermented really well and clean. Can we? Do you know anything about your yeast that you guys? Yeah, use? we we use yeah. a house yeast. I mean, most of our beers are coming off the same strain of yeast that uh, we work with. Um, there's a couple minor variations to the theme, especially if you get into a Belgian aspect or something like that, okay. um, where we'll play with something different. But we we use a house yeast that uh, you know is. Um, Fairly proprietary, but uh, also appropriate for the styles. We're okay. not going off the reservation. No. And, and, you know, a lot of times, even with some of the very good breweries that we've had on, we can still pick out a couple things that maybe have gone wrong in fermentation or... Um, you know, a temperature problem, but these are all very, very cleanly fermented. You know, uh, again, I, I cannot give more credit to our brewers ever. Um, you know, we, we talk down about them probably about as much as they talk down about the rest of us, um, which is appropriate. I yes, mean, you it's, should. It's, it's that friendly rivalry, yeah. not really, but, um, you know, Chris attended, uh, you know, he's a Cal Poly grad from Slow. Um, he's a chemist. Uh, he's dialed in. Um, we've got labs at both breweries okay. um, we've got very analytic meticulous people and again that thing i said earlier clean qualitative and consistent if you can't wash rinse and repeat then yeah. you're not doing it right yeah. it, this is it is this this is recipe driven we're, we're making sure we're making the same beer every time sure um that's super super important to us um more so than the happy accident i think that your consumers will if they don't already appreciate that all right, and we got one more beer to get through, uh, which is a Mosaic IPA. What's this beer called? Buku. It's uh, as you kind of say, it's Buku, but not too Buku for you. Uh, for any fans of Full Metal Jacket, I just watched it like a week ago. It's been a couple years, and I was scrolling through Netflix. So as soon as I saw the name on my screen earlier today, I was like, oh, yesterday. Just, uh, uh, what's that? We watched yesterday. You did? Yeah. Well, then, 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 then you probably recall the scene Absolutely. that this comes from. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what drew this. And, you know, when we were sitting around years ago spitballing and just saying, what is it about this beer? And, you know, we want it to be bold. We want it to be ripe. But we don't want it to be aggressive. You know, originating in the San Diego area, which is a, obviously West Coast IPA-centric, as mm-hmm. are we and we were, we really needed to design a beer that was more midstream. So not in the 7% single IPA range, but more in the six and a half percent range so but still has a really good malt base to it um and a kick-ass rad hop fill to it and so buku became it and it it is our our line leading flagship year-round ipa is it just mosaic 
Mosaic and Simcoe are the okay. are the line leaders on there. Um, and then you know, then you add in a little bit of Warrior, a little bit of El Dorado there to get some bitterness going on okay. it. Um, we don't put Mosaic on it, and you know, we've been doing Mosaic longer than most folks out there. And since before Mosaic became super popular, we actually had to pull back on a flagship beer called Kismet, which is a Nelson Savon based beer, in order to produce this because uh, we did a little Faust deal to uh, get the hops we needed okay. when Mosaics took off. Um, but we don't put Mosaic on it because Buku is always going to be rad. It's always going to be Buku. Um, it's not based on the hop, although it's always going to use the same hop. Wait, wait. What do you mean you don't put Mosaic on it? Mosaic's you know, in it. It's Mosaic's in it. But, you know, there's that sexy trend, you know, the bell of the ball, if you will, saying, you know, we're using the super rad, great hop. I keep saying rad tonight. I That's don't know okay. why. We it, use rad I'm all the time. Here. <laughs> you know, I'm using this kick-ass hop. It's the most sexy hop in the world. It's called Mosaic. Okay. All right, great. Now, three years from now, let's see if it's still Mosaic. So you're saying you don't put it on the marketing. You know, it's right. not on the bottle. Okay. It's, it's not because we're not branding the hop or branding the beer. The yeah. beer should always be great. Okay. There's nothing against, you know, coming out with a single varietal or doing something that accentuates the, you know, the hop that's in it. But by the same token, that's not what we were going for. We were going for just a really well-balanced, great citrusy beer that has a, a big flavor component to it. Got it. It is, it is very well balanced. That, that's the first thing I, I recognize here. It's just really, it's not like finishes nice and neutral. And that's not real hoppy at the end. And that's a lot of body, too. You, I, I assume that's uh, malt derived, as well as it seems like you've done layering of hops to. Yeah, more complexity in the middle. That's right. You're, you're doing the four hops, you know, with Simcoe and Mosaic being the predominant hops on, mm-hmm. you know, on the dry hop, making sure that we get the aromatics, make sure that we get those citrus components to it, a little bit of rind, a little bit of bitterness, uh, but not over the top. That's why if we want to get aggressive and have fun, we have the Resonator Hop Series for that. The Resonator Series does that. That's where we play around, and we keep that liveliness there. This, again, is the steady, eddy, everyday, daily driver. <laughs> hmm. You can drink this all day. Yeah. yeah. It, it is my, my yeah. crushable go-to beer. This is what I drink. It also, the mosaic character, even though you, you mentioned it has all those other hops, it reminds me of the first mosaic beer I had, which has a lot. It was a Lagunitas beer, by the way, and I think it was a single hop. and It was kind of over-the-top mosaic, to be honest. Yeah. But I remember it was to sh- it, I remember it really showcasing the hop, which uh, I know you mentioned citrusy. Which Jeremy Marshall's is. really good at showcasing hops. I Isn't mean, he? I mean, yeah, he, 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 I mean, come on. This, this guy, I'm drinking beers one night with this guy, and he's like, let me tell you about my Simcoe. You know, most people go down to parts per million. I go down to parts per billion right. as I look at the components of my hop pellets. He's a mad scientist. And they're proprietary. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're a god amongst men. And, yeah. And nice shirt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is that a cowboy shirt? That's right. <laughs> exactly. I like, but, the, I like the collar tips, brother. <laughs> I come back to earthiness with Mosaic. Not just, So this beer, I think you're right, has a lot of citrusy characteristics, but they're really mitigated by that good, like, earthy flavor to it. Um, and that's what I, I really liked that about Mosaic the first time I had this mm-hmm. beer, even though, like I said, that particular beer was a little over the top. It's what made me like mosaic. Yeah, you can get too much of mosaic. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. If, if, I, I kind of equate it. If you think of uh, you know spring, you know orange blossoms, when you get that really nice pungency of the fruit. Yeah. But then when you get it too much, and all of a sudden you're thinking it's perfumey, it's over the top, yeah. It's just saturating and permeating. That's too much, and then you go to rind and bitter, and now you're like, nope, this isn't it. And so yeah. it's got to be that. Just lead up to it, but not go over the top. It's got to be right there. I think the flavor descriptor I've used in the past of too much mosaic is crayons. It mm, actually yeah. tastes and smells like fucking crayons yeah. to me <laughs> when it goes too far, which is some of that yeah, perfumey you that, that you're talking yeah. about. And crayons. I'm telling you, like crayons. Wha- but not whack. 
box. No, uh, like the, the crayon, like Crayola, like a box yeah. of Crayola. Right. If you were to open it and smell it, uh, like uh, a single hot mosaic beer tastes and smells like crayons to me. But anything short of that, like you're talking about, like you can come right up to that ledge. I love it. It's this great earthy thing, and yeah. then it just goes gross yeah. fast. Yeah, again, balance, right? You want you want to get the malt right. You, the middle has to be good. You want a nice finish on it, not overly aggressive on the IBUs. So that way the hops are the, the predominant flavor profile, not something that's either over the top or uh, you know not enough yeah. lacking. And what did you say this is, about six, six and a half? Six and a half. It's six and a half. Okay. It's also nice and dry. Um Ah, all good beers, man. Again, thank you. I mean, we do some multi-year beers and stuff. Uh, you know, again, we, we like to be able to to play and have fun and do things right, especially, you know, you get into snow states and you need, and need a little more carbohydrate, you need some more to it. Um, we'll do some more palate coat. But, you know, for that everyday year-round beer, we want it to be dry and finished. I mean, that's just, that's just who we are. Yeah. And then both you and, and maybe my co-hosts who have tasted this beer, just back to the, the yeast real quick, to me... I, I sense that you go with a very neutral yeast as well, something that is going to finish dry, but also... I don't. I'm not tasting a lot of yeast. Not a lot of ester. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In any of the beers, even in the stouts, which could be common. Uh, yep. Which is why I mentioned that we have a predominant house yeast that we use in the majority of our beers. Um, again, credit to Chris and his yeah. teams. Uh, you know, it's it's propping something up that gives you the desired result. Flavor is certainly a part of it, but flavor is not the focus, as opposed to our Bavarian Hef, or as opposed to the saison, which now you want esters. Now you're going for those types of, of things. Um, whereas here is a component, but is not showcased. It's not predominant. Sure, not like an English brewery or exactly. Yeah. Okay, you know, even even though we did have a triple crown winning a beer last year as an ESB, and so we we went to English and said, "Hey, let's do the English right." Oh, nice! Uh, and that was a good year. So you're good with traditional styles and sticking with it like if, that. If you can't yeah. brew traditional right, then uh, I, I question how you do with it with the rest of your stuff, right? Yeah. If, if you can't do something clean, you know, the first beer I ever try, if anyone's honestly, is it, it's going to be a Kolsch. It's going to be you know something that's been lagered, uh, something that is a, a super dry, noble hop base, typically, and, and we go from there. See if they get it right from See there. See if they get it right. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. You're, you're on the same page. On the same page. If your Pilsner's a Pilsner, then it should taste like a lager, goddammit. <laughs> it shouldn't right. taste like a fucking ale. Right. right. And if your pale ale is a pale ale, it shouldn't taste like a fucking IPA. Mm-hmm. It should taste like a pale ale. There you go. Don't get me started Back off on, on your bitter, dude. <laughs> Just calm down a little Ways bit. Ways to have your brewery okay, go well, out of business. JP like will be escorting you to your hotel room. Room tonight, Kevin. Ooh, uh, hey, and another thing. The, hey, things. the lovely America's <laughs> Best Value Inn in Antioch, California. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah that's I, haul, I, I went top shelf for you guys. We actually drove by a hotel. I had another reservation. I said, that's where I might have been staying. But no. <laughs> I, I value my wallet and my non-herpes. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll show you the picture of the barbed wire out my bathroom window after were the show's you, done. Why did you end up in Antioch? Were you uh, working out there yesterday? Or? Well, yes, okay. but uh, you know, I, I travel a lot. Um, Okay. I'm, I'm traveling every week, and when the invitation came through, you know, Mike here, who you know we haven't really abused him, I'll abuse him later. Don't worry. Sure. Um, when when the invitation dirty. came to be up here, th- th- this wasn't on my normal scheduled trip, and so you know, just kind of have an overabundance of you know trying to be responsible, good steward, and everything. And so you know what, I'm just going to get myself up there. I'm going to stay someplace close to where he lives. He had a baby. Well, he didn't have a baby. His wife just had a baby a week ago. Yeah. Okay. He's still working through. I'm like, I'm going to try to make it easy on the guy. We're going to be in this area. I don't need to stay. You know, in town, I don't have to stay in Pleasanton. I don't have to even stay in Concord. 
Lord. I don't have to be. I'll stay in Antioch. Yeah. No, why not? Oh, consult me next time, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. No. must have a no, nice it's, hotel it's, there. It's, it's been a hoot. My personal mantra is it's all about the stories, those to be told, those never to be told, and <laughs> this trip delivered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck tonight. And, yeah. uh, I mean, that's on your way home, JP. JP, you can on my way home. Home. Yeah, can't but I don't in. actually stop in Antioch because my <laughs> car because windows are not bulletproof. Oh, oh, right. No, Mike yeah. doesn't stop either. He just slows down and I get out. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't have locking lug nuts. Yeah. <laughs> not even. I don't, not even that. If I run out of gas, I'm just on the side of the freeway because that's safer. <laughs> my my overnight bag stays behind the door, so that way I know if the door opens. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure. I'm sure I'll be fine. Great time. Yeah, I'll Enjoy. let you borrow my nine. Enjoy yourself. You'll be great. You got glazers in that. <laughs> Everything will be just great. <laughs> All right. Free um, hookers. So that's cool. <laughs> Complimentary. <laughs> Comes with the room. Oh, Daddy, that's like, you're, that's you're actually handsome. On All right. All right. Here, 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 real quick. Here's, here's the 10-second bite. I, I got there last night. I'm not driving a car. You know, Mike's chauffeuring me around. I realize I have no water. I don't want to turn the tap on. So what do I do? I order a pizza. <laughs> No. That's how I got my bottle of water last night. Yeah. <laughs> like any good American. Right. right. Well done. <laughs> All right. I got to get us to a break. All Gentlemen, right. I want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing beer with us. Uh, Mike, I mean, you weren't useless because you brought the beer. You did great, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. And His mother's here, too. Uh, she oh, showed up. Really? Oh. She's out there drinking beer. That a girl. Yeah, nice. This guy's got He's dialed in. Yeah. <laughs> he's got it made. I think Mike's insights were the, probably the best. Yeah, the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this is true of many things. Uh, Mike's the kind of co-host I like. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, Beardy? Shut the fuck up, Beardy. Yes. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, great job tonight. I appreciate your time hanging out with us. Thank, uh, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Well, a lot of good insight on the industry, uh, which I appreciate. And the beers are wonderful, so I, I really enjoyed talking with you. I want to thank you for coming in. Um, let's see. Folks at home, you can go to MotherEarthBrewCo.com and check it out. In fact, you can see all the beers that they have on tap at their different uh, locations. they got the Vista Tap House. Uh, there's the Vista Brew House. There's the Nampa Brew House. Um, so you got a couple locations in Idaho. Or one location in Idaho, a couple in, uh, in Vista, yep, California. Got a provision store opening up in a few weeks. We've got all kinds of things going on. Excellent. Go to the website. Check it out, uh, MotherEarthBrewCo.com. You can find out where to get the beer. Uh, right now, you can get it at the Hop Grenade here in Concord. And uh, if they ever start distributing to Colorado, we'll be their first account there as well. Nope, verbal uh, contract. <laughs> yeah, I just make shit up as I go. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I play it back later and get Kevin's like, well, I guess you said it. I have to send the beer there. Mike just wrote down an order uh, for you. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, just charge a card, too. I'm yeah. proud to carry this beer at any of our locations. It's, it's really good stuff. Thank so, you. Uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, plus, uh, Kevin brought us some bottles that we got to fight over. Nice. Uh, we were going to try to open them. We're a little short on time. Plus, uh, I'm told that you can shelf these uh, for a little while, right? The Four Seasons series? The Four Seasons, three out of the four barrel lays. They're long, laid-down you know, beers. Uh, one time a year, we do a large collab. So uh, one of the bottles we brought you tonight was actually a collab we did with Patrick Rue. And so that's oh, more cool. of, you know, it's, it's tasting phenomenal nine months later. It is amazing. But I wouldn't hang on to it more than another, you know, six, eight months. Okay. Got it. Well, we'll have to give that to somebody other than me who can hold on to beer. Yeah. Basically. 
I'll just drink. No, they're, oh, you can drink them all now. Believe drink me. tonight when I get Believe home. Believe me. Enjoy now. Enjoy later. Enjoy <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. Go to MotherEarthBrewCo.com. Thanks to our guests so much. We will be back. Uh, we're going to talk a little homebrew with JP. There you go. Uh, in fact, you guys are welcome to stay if you want. Uh, I wouldn't uh, recommend it, though. Yeah, but <laughs> we're going to taste JP's homebrew. That's true. Um, uh, shut up, Warren. Last time, it wasn't too bad on you. It was worse on Beardy when he brought in his commercial beer. That poor kid got ripped apart. Yeah, um, it was pretty terrible. But... Uh, yeah, that's why I didn't bring any today. <laughs> or ever, <laughs> ever again. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we I come just don't back, care. JP's beer in our mouth. That's true. <laughs> yeah, post-bladder even. So mm. there you go. Hang in there. It's the mm. session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection with over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions moylan's brewing company is is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's. In Novato. They're friggin' awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. <laughs> Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. 
They even have all grain systems from Grain Fathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems. Thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you. And all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Band. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. We got listeners uh, making some music, making yeah. some rock and roll. I like it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this, Romani? Romanti, yeah. yeah. That's right. He wrote in and he's like, uh, hey, man, I've been uh, listening to the BN for a long time and this has been a long time coming for me to uh, be stoked to advertise my band on the Brewing Network. I like it. So it's very much a full circle kind of a John. I would have played this. Yeah, absolutely. It's a I mean, nice mix, the, too. the money's good. But... Yeah, it's a good recording. Officially done. Oh, yeah, it's available like on iTunes and like all the... Yeah, it's website? like an official thing, man, Is yeah. That, was it money.com? What's, what's the name of the band? Well, you can go Alpha? to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, uh, search Alpha Zero Three. That's the name of the band. And this song we're listening to is Waiting on Myself. I wish you could go to Monty.com, though. (laughs) All right. Go check it out. You can search iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or Amazon. Search for Alpha Zero Three. You know, put it in the rotation here at the BN. Yeah, man. I like it. Good work, Monty. Thanks for reaching out, too, man. He said he's been a private in the BN Army for years. Oh. So I love it. Oh, it's I like good the time, breakdown. Yeah. 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 Now we'll stir the serum. Little fuzz guitar going. There's a xylophone in the background. 
think you're broken. I might be. And it kind of and it starts up again like the beginning of the song, right? I like that. That's a good little callback. What is it about a massive drum fill like that? It just, I don't know, it's good. It just makes you feel good. It does, right? All right, go check it out. Alpha Zero Three. Good tune. I like it. Thanks, Monty. Appreciate you sending that in. I think that song was written about Bev. What is it called? Waiting on myself? Wait, yeah. She's just waiting I on herself? Maybe, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making shit up. You're just thinking that the only songs we get are about Bev. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I'm used to, man. You're right. Well, she is. Oh. She is the homebrew world's muse. That's that's correct, if, if you will. At least the BN listeners. Oh, I will. Yeah, Sugar that's Valley really changed his genre. Beer world. <laughs> well, there's a lot of you to write about. <laughs> I'm sorry, a lot there's, of sorry, aspects. Sorry, there's a lot of, right. lot of value. You You're a very inspiring person. <laughs> wow. You know, I can still quit. I know. <laughs> it's just because I was trying tomorrow. to get out the door and like every part of you was in the way. <laughs> so I, just, I wasn't the only thing blocking the door. There were people blocking me from getting out from in front of the door. And you, shut up. <laughs> I want to raise. Yeah. Okay. It's in the mail. Um, all right. I'm going to do some homebrew tasting. JP brought some beer. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. This is my first... Oh, sorry. Well, our homebrew tasting is brought to you today by Brewers Publications. You know, they make the best uh, brewing books uh, on the planet. Of course, there's the all-new How to Brew by our friend John Palmer, which uh, we've talked about here on the program. It is just amazing. There's also the all-new uh, Session Beers uh, that came out from uh, Jen Talley. Yeah, that's a great book. Mm-hmm. We've also had her on the program. You can search uh, Jen Talley on the website if you want to listen to some of her other interviews and and now she's written about the very popular uh session beers and um also just a, a great book you can go to brewerspublications.com you can also find this stuff usually at one of our wonderful sponsors and of course you can uh, usually find it on amazon too but uh great books coming out of brewers publications how to brew uh session beers uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones modern homebrew recipes nope. uh quality management um you name it if you're looking to uh, Improve your homebrew or your professional brew. Check out uh, BrewersPublications.com. All right. So what did you bring us to taste today, Jake? Uh, well, if you recall, sometime last year, I uh, brewed a beer with my friends Eagle Rock down in L.A. Okay. We brewed a Vienna lager. Oh, yeah. And uh, that the bar never ordered, so I never got to taste it. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Did really? you tell him? I told Kevin, and he forgot. Oh, I see. So okay. I give him a lot of shit oh, about okay. it every time. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. We're going to brew it again <laughs> you here. Really, you never got to taste the beer. I never got to taste it yeah. because I was like, don't worry, guys. The bar will totally buy some. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It'll be great. Yeah. And uh, they're like, okay, well, and they just, so they didn't save me any. They were waiting for the for the order to come the in order, yeah. and then they sold out of it. <laughs> well, that's so, good though. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's fine. We're going to brew it again. It'll be, you know, it'll be cool. But okay. uh, anyway, so this is my, my take on it. I got the recipe um, for from uh, Eric down there at Eagle Rock, and I decided to brew it myself. Um, and I changed it up a little bit. And instead, of course, uh, he did. I think right. he used. I know I'm, I'm broken. He used uh, Carafa Three for the color malts for the like the darker grain to kind of get some 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 that darker color that you have in the Viennas. Um, but I used pale chocolate. Because I really like pale chocolate, and I thought it might be fun if it comes through. It's not really supposed to come through. Okay. It's just for color, but yeah. I, I just switched that, and I upped it a little bit just to, I don't know, 
fuck around with it a little bit. So got it. This is my take on it. I think I use a little too too little water, so it's higher alcohol than it should be. It's like six something when it should be about five something. But you actually didn't put enough water in. I, I messed up somewhere. Somehow my gravity was like ten points higher. I see. So I'm gonna blame it on the water uh, calculations because I you know on the zymatic you have to measure out your water. Well, if you fuck up, there's nothing to tell you that you fucked up. Okay. You know, because you're yeah. putting it in a five-gallon keg, so it's hard to judge by sight if you have it in or not. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What do you think of the beer, JP? <laughs> <laughs> Doing the old psychology. Wait, what uh, you want him to speak first? The psychology interview. What do you? What's your take on the beer? Well, um, definitely tastes a little different coming out of my little janky ass, you know, homebrew fill. I uh, just opened the tap and it's a nice growl. And filled it up. Though, that really one. Yeah, I'm the ambassador of sour. That's fancy. just me. Yeah, only me. That's a fancy. Um, I like it. I think it's a little too much alcohol. I think it's a little too hot for the style. I think in about a month that'll die down a little bit. Hmm. And it'll be a little bit easier for me to drink. Um, but I like the pale chocolate coming through. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty tasty. And as far as the malt profile and all that kind of stuff, I think that's pretty good. Um, I fermented this at fifty-five or so, so I might drop that down a little bit lower um, to about fifty, and just kind of ride that out a little bit longer. I get really impatient. Mm-hmm. I've only done like a handful of growlers, and I get really, really impatient uh, about letting those kind of finish out at lager temps and and just do everything right. And and so I I kind of pushed it a little bit so it's a little estery maybe just because you want to drink it faster just be, no not even that because i want to fuck with it i just want to just poke <laughs> it i want to poke at it and, I, and that's and, the impatience you mean is that yes. you just can't leave it alone no and yeah. i think i think as home brewers m- most people have that um where you go in with a recipe and you go, this is the recipe and you form it at home and you put it in your software and you do the thing. And then you see the wall of malt and then you go, well, <laughs> shit, I could change this and this. And because th- you just want to, you just want to poke at stuff. Yeah. And that, that's really what it is. I just wanted to do something like I brewed a pale ale the other day and I think I crashed it too early. I don't know why. I, cause I just <laughs> wanted to do it. I was like, Oh, so you're neurotic. Yeah, it's fine. I, I could just do it. And then I did the calculation later on. I was like, fuck, I think it's been fermenting for like five days. <laughs> oh, oh well, <laughs> we'll right. see what happens. So, yeah. uh, anyway, you get bored. I get bored, but I think that's. I mean, it's it's the part of homebrewing that I really dig on is the yeah. recipe stuff and how how to affect flavors. Right. I feel and like you need a I, hobby. Maybe you'd leave your hobby alone. If you had yeah, a hobby. Maybe I let the yeah. beer finish. <laughs> I know it, it's. Uh, it's hard for me, but now that I have a couple more beers on, I uh, now I have to. At this point, I'm full up on space. Now I have to wait for something. So if I brew something else, I'm going to have to wait. So I might try this again with a little, you know, tweak. Yeah, um, try to get it to that five percent or so, which is the commercial beer. What do you think this one's at? Six. Okay. No. Yeah. Maybe even a little higher. I'm not entirely sure. But what do you mean you're out of space? Didn't you just buy a new house? Don't you have all the space? In the- uh, uh, kegerator space no, and okay. keg space. No. So now that I'm doing on the cool. zymatic, I have I have uh, uh, you know three gallon kegs, but I don't have a whole lot of those. Okay. I have tons of five gallon kegs. If you want to buy some. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same to you. Yeah. If you're out of space. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's where we're at. So I'm just, I was just tweaking this out and uh, just getting a chance to taste it. Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to brew it in October, but I, I couldn't get down this month. So maybe next month, maybe January. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. 
Well, I think it's a really nice beer. I didn't ask you first because I think there's yeah. anything wrong with it per se. No, that's I, fine. I, I think I was curious about your take on it. As maybe that's part of why I was asking your take on it as a mm-hmm. Vienna lager. Because if I had anything to say, it would just be that it doesn't taste. Um, not really quite a Vienna lager. No. And I don't know that I would have picked up on the high alcohol, actually. I don't feel like it's... Um, I get um, it in my chest a little bit. Okay. And, and and I know that it's not, like, too style. And I know that that's weird coming from me because I always complain about other people doing it. But I thought it would just be fun to just tweak it a little bit. So it has uh, Magnum for Bittering and then Heal Melon throughout. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I thought those, would, those uh, hops would work well with the kind of... With this malt profile, yeah, and I, I think it, you know, I think all I think of that's good. fine. Yeah. And um, so you're right; it's it's not, and I think it's a little too estery. It's mm. not as smooth as a, as a, a Vienna Lager would be. And maybe that's where I'm getting the not it not being a Vienna Lager. It yeah. is it is estery, especially being a bigger beer. It means it had more chance for esters to be developed in the ferment. Okay, and you you, you answered your own question. Fifty probably would have been better than fifty five. Yeah, and that depends on the yeast. Sometimes, sometimes certain yeast. You can ferment at 55, and they don't put out any esters at all, but mm-hmm. some do. <clears throat> I mean, this was brewed on uh, September 6th. <clears throat> What's the yeast? Uh, what did I use? I'm looking at my thing right now. The uh, German lager, 830. Okay. okay. Yeah. Not that I know the fucking difference. Yeah. No. Asking. But I don't see it as like over estuary. It's just like big. No, no. Big it's not over. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. 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 There's no. some there. But. And that's what actually, as I'm saying, it's a, it's a really good beer. I don't think anything is over anything. No, that's a, a very quaffable Yeah. Uh, uh, drinking beer. I yeah, like that I you've like embraced it. the cloudy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're it a, it's a New England cloudy my, craze. My bunk, <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> well, look, the Germans I mean, came, or as you call it, Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans yeah. came to Mexico from New England. Right, Everybody yeah. knows that. I would say Vermont, but I don't want to get sued. Just, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Via New England, right? right. Yeah. Vienna, uh, yeah. New England. It, it's all. Yeah. I'm, so my my problem with with with. Uh, the the robot brewing is that I forget to add the Whirlflock. Oh yeah, or the I used to clarifiers do that all the at all, man. I, I, yeah, I used to do it a lot like with the kettle, but at you least just, yeah. then I felt a little bit more comfortable. But I'm on like the timer, so I'm going okay. I don't now everything's done. I don't need to fuck with it at all for like five hours or four hours or whatever. Yeah, but I just and I forget when I'm doing this recipe design and like setting all the parameters for things. I just I keep forgetting to set one or just put one of the little Johns in there. So would that one thing? I was always curious about Warflock. Would would that have made all the difference in this beer? Do you think it would have come out clear? I don't think so. I mean, it's also the bottom of the keg, so maybe there's something in there too. Also, but it's I, not, certainly I don't not know. chunky. Um, no, it's not chunky. But it but, still could be yeast. Yeah, because I try that to get like phase. try to get it all up. Yeah, it seems, it seems to be getting a little bit clearer as it warms up. So that could just be more like a, a protein haze or something. Okay, polyphenol, which would be helped by the whirl flock. Hmm. Yeah. It would be. Oh, yeah, a uh, chill haze would be helped by the whirl flock. Okay, well, I guess I just when it comes to clarity and homebrew, I guess I don't really care. Yeah, because I'm not. No, that's, I'm not trying to do it. No. It's not affecting this beer at all. Yeah, no. flavor wise. No. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know you get marked. What well, I'd probably lose two points for that, and uh, for yeah. appearance in a competition, like I don't care. Yeah. Well, this beer is only two months old. By yeah tra- tradition, it should, it should have a couple more weeks at least in okay. cold storage, right? Like a thirty-two yeah. degrees. No, I think it's been in a keg for three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So there you go too. But you, you yeah. said it was born on September sixth, right? So born on September sixth. Yeah. yeah, and then it was in the fermenter for sure. most of September and a little bit in October. 
Well, if I had only brewed th- three gallons, uh, this beer would be gone for me already. I think it's really drinkable. I would have drank the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing it again and doing it properly because uh, apparently that's you, my though, track record. Yeah, yes. will you stick or, or will you get to the wall of malt again and <laughs> yeah. go, well... Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I totally relate to that, by the way, too. And I think you're right that other yeah. homebrewers do, too. You, oh, yeah. You, you do all this on paper. Then you get to the homebrew shop, and you're like, oh, man, that looks really cool. I've been doing it forever, dude. Yeah, it's just yeah. that's the way it is. But, uh, yeah, yes, I will do will. that because, uh, as in stick with the recipe, because I really want to taste the beer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how, how they intended. So Eric at Eagle Rock came up with the recipe, and then I jumped in with the hops. I see. So I want to taste his recipe. I want I want to taste the beer at least to a close approximation yeah. thereof. And I think this is probably 80% there, maybe. I don't know. Because, yeah. again, I change it. And I, I put a little more pale chocolate to get that flavor. So that's on purpose. Yeah. And um, Is it not Noble Hops? No. Well, no. It's, it's Magnum and then and then you heal, heal, oh. the Huel Melon. Oh, that's right. You yeah. said that. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I like it. So I think it's a fun base. I can throw out the recipe if you want. So you couldn't enter this in competition, right? You should throw out the recipe. Well, you but could. You, you, okay. but it not, could, yeah. But if you, if you entered it as Vienna, it, it, would, would not it wouldn't do well. No. no. no I, what I would, would it do well in? It doesn't really fit a style. Then, so I would it put it in my Bach. Maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's so what you're saying. But do you think it would do right, well yeah. with that? I think... That's the closest it would do BJCP description. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that there's a a proper category for it. And that's it. what I was getting at. Yeah. So maybe it's closer to my rock, but I'm saying this isn't. Which is which is fine. Homebrewers uh, should do yeah. this too. Yeah. There, are, there are competition beers, and there are not competition mm-hmm. beers. Right. This is a drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a competition beer. So. Uh, yeah. What's the recipe? Fifty-four point one percent German Vienna, twenty-two point eight percent Bohemian Pilsner malt. 21.4% light Munich and um, 1.8% pale chocolate, which I think is crisp. Some English pale chocolate. I what think. did they use instead of the pale chocolate? Uh, he was using Carafa 3, the oh, dehusked right. special or whatever it is. Yeah, more, special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and more beer didn't have it. So I was like, well, shit, now what do I they have? They have Carafa 2, but I didn't want that to be a little too roasty. And I just, mm. so I saw pale chocolate and I got a husband's bulge about, mm-hmm. I love pale chocolate so much. It's just delicious. It's delicious. I like this beer a lot. Thanks, man. Yeah, the more I drink it. In fact, you know, as it warms up, I think the better it gets, which isn't common. Hmm. <laughs> uh, 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 well, and good, good beers get better when they warm that's up. That's right. I th- as I'm getting to the bottom, I'm liking it even more. Try that good. with a Budweiser or something like that. <laughs> right. Those get warm? Oh, I'm just dumping them in. I mean, maybe there's a little green apple thing going on, but it, I don't think that's hmm. far from the style. I think that some of that can be, some of that is appropriate. But I don't know. It, I think it, I think it's fine for my my first Vienna Lager on a homebrew scale. Yeah, I think um, I think it's pretty good. I think so too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try it again. Well, bring in that next one too, and it'd be nice if you would time that with the uh, Eagle Rock beer, and we can you can remind me to remind Kevin uh, to, <laughs> to remind Eric. Well, we can taste them all on the show. It'd be yeah, nice, or taste them both on the show rather. That'd be cool, man. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. It's good. You're beer. very welcome, my friend. Thank you. Um, I mean, thank God Beardy didn't bring anything in. Right. Hey, guys, I make a Vienna I could bring in. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. And we- a Maybach, actually. <laughs> I mean, they're not the same thing? They're not the same beer, actually. Oh, Two beers. That's weird. I met Beardy's boss at the uh, Great oh. American Beer Festival. How was that? I think I did, too. I think he's super cool. He's not like Beardy talks about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. Beardy says nice things about you. Um, yeah, well, it's not cool. that many nice. Things. Didn't, say, <laughs> didn't say bad things. I don't say a lot of things. <laughs> Beardy doesn't say things. He knows yeah. when to shut up. Yeah. No, like, they were right super now. cool. They were like fans of the show too. I didn't really yeah, know I, that. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. Um, yeah, I got to hang out with him just for a little bit. We walked around for a second and had a beer, and then uh, yeah, but tried I, to help find a, uh, find uh, him a brewer that could make good beer. Yeah, yeah, that guy could do it. Good place to recruit talent. Yeah. I think we talked about you like you're more of like a wild animal mascot than a brewer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those, I'm a those were my words. I'm a showpiece. Yeah, yeah, not your bosses. They were, I was like, yeah, he's kind of a freak, isn't he? And they, they were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awkward for a second. Then they realized I was like, no, seriously, he's kind of a freak, right? <laughs> I got a good Warren story that I heard third hand. Okay. So Warren bought an RV. Okay. From someone. Yeah. Turns out to be one of Terrence's friends. Mm-hmm. So Terrence was relaying the story about how he, uh, apparently Terrence's friend, whatever his name was, called Terrence and was like, hey, what's up with your boy, dude? Warren's kind of a weird dude. <laughs> Terrence's like, yeah, I mean, he's a weird dude, but he's a good enough guy, whatever. And he's like, no, he called me at 10 o'clock, <laughs> at 11 o'clock, and at 2 in the morning to ask me questions on gas mileage on the RV. <laughs> Two in the morning. Texted. Yeah. He didn't say called. Oh, texted. no. He said, I just, I listened to that show today. He said called. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't like... call. <laughs> I, Somebody's sleepwalking. Yeah, I don't even. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and I'm like, take the Fifth Amendment. No, no there's no I way I would have, there's no way I would have even texted him why? at that time of t- Like, why would I have done that? Because you're, you're Warren <laughs> and you had a question about gas mileage. Yeah, Anybody it, who knows. You, it's totally appropriate. And you couldn't let it go. You wouldn't have been able to sleep that night if you didn't get an answer. Did, did he happen to just turn his phone on then and all of the texts I sent during the day I showed up on his phone? Yeah, I don't know. I, like I wasn't yeah. asking him. Uh, Terrence right. just told me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did three get, in one day maybe, but. <laughs> two in the morning? Yeah, two in the morning. No, I don't. Did you get the answers to your questions? Did you feel better? Uh, no, he didn't know. <laughs> was the answer yeah. like the circumference of the tire to <laughs> yeah. the axle ratio? That would have actually yeah. been helpful. Yeah. I could have worked from there. But yeah. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. How does it do in wind chill factor of four yeah. and going in a northeasterly direction? The three texts went like this. The first one was solve for X. <laughs> the second one was the equation. RV equals Y equals circumference of the tire divided. Minus X. Dollar sign. (laughs) And then the third one was, hello, are you still awake? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That guy was a piece of work also. Is that right? (laughs) He told me he was going to have the thing smogged in two days so I could go pick it up. Yeah. And a week later, he's like, yep, I've got the smog appointment scheduled for this weekend. (laughs) Like, okay. Great. I'm glad it was two days ago last week. Yeah. Well, buying used things. Should have yeah. called him one more time. Maybe one of them. See? Morning. That's why I didn't know what his schedule was, so I figured why not text him yeah. at 2 a.m. Yeah, oh, man. You know, he, he might, might be, be on his way to the smog depot. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> about that appointment tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget. <clears throat> All right. Uh, don't forget about Adam and Eve. You all know about Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring it up. I haven't done the read in a while. I used to be able to do this one by heart. Or by boner. Uh, I don't even know which one to do. Which one am I supposed to do, Bebo? Big O. <clears throat> the big O one? Let's yeah. See. When in doubt, do the big O. Uh, 
Uh, Everyone's happier with the You sure go. that's the one? That's the orange sweatshirt? All right. Uh, yeah. Adam and Eve's determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, and they're backing up that promise. Uh, you can go to adamandeve.com and get 50% off almost any item when you enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout. And that's a good deal in and of itself. But now, back by, top, by popular demand uh, for a limited time only, is the Big O Kit. Uh, and who doesn't love the Big O? <clears throat> I love it. I, mean, I, I remember it. <laughs> Taryn thinks I hate it. Do that. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Kenny says she can't get one ever. It's a medical condition. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, Thank you. No, I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, The Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator. So now you got a new way to get her off, and what girl wouldn't love that? Um, You can also uh, get your entire order sent to you for free. So hurry, (laughs) take advantage of this limited time offer. You can choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or almost anything else. When you choose that one item at 50% off, you get Free shipping, plus the big O kit, uh, which includes the Climax gel and the mini vibrator. Um, And they say you won't find this deal anywhere else. So use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, at adamandeve.com. All right, Twitter game results? Twitter game results, baby. What what was our Twitter game? Uh, I wanted to know who in the Brewing Network crew would Justin dress up as for Halloween and why. Ah, yes. Our little collaborative John there, Justin, huh? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, AC. Oh, so uh, who's it brought to us by? Were you going to uh, do that? Or you were just bourbon? Uh, no, I mean, I, it was brought to you by the AHA Brew there Guru app. Nice. No. Uh, AC uh, says he should go as JP. He just has to keep telling jokes that don't land. Mm-hmm. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, well. I have, ex- I have some experience. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> My jokes are very much like an airplane. Okay. They don't land? Because well, it's up in the air. <laughs> but they do land. Jonathan Ross, don't worry about it. So dumb. <laughs> Jonathan Ross <laughs> says, uh, Beardy with eyes that work and feet that don't. <laughs> yeah, Beardy and I would be an interesting combination. <laughs> uh, Chris says, Eli Trickle, the Southern Champion oh, Hockey man. Contest winner. This dude showed up at our Fort Collins session. Yeah. Wearing an Eli Trickle shirt. Wow. Yeah. And he has a shirt now? I was really hungover and tired, oh. so I didn't notice. And I met the guy, and I'm standing there talking to him. But, you know, like my eyes are up here. I'm right. like looking him in the eye. And finally, after talking to him for 10 minutes, he's like, dude. Look at my shirt. Would you look at my fucking shirt already? And look at my titties. Yeah, Eli Trinkle. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Wow. He had the shirt made. It was, wow. it was pretty good. That's good. Hope that All takes right. off for it. Wait, so it was Eli Trinkle, and then what was the tagline? The Southern the Southern Champion Hop Eating Contest oh, winner. There we go. All right. Uh, Rich S. says, just ask JP for his skin suit of Nate. It explains why he hasn't been on the show for a while. It would. And then last but not least, Beer Mafia says, I would say Bevo, but you know he would just stay home and play with his boobs. That's my uh, winner there right there. Yeah. Damn right I would. For years. There we go, Beer Mafia. And For you years. I'll be there until next Halloween. That shit never gets old. Oh, my sounds. God, you guys. Oh, they, they do. You're going to have a great lawsuit. <laughs> you think Bevos has got, have gotten old already? Probably. Uh, yeah. so. Gravity. It, Look at the horrible. rest of me. It's all gotten older. <laughs> How old are you, Bev? 34. Oh, you're fine. You're all right. Oh, she notices the difference, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
34. God, you're you're like beardy. What are you beardy? I'm 31. 31. Yeah, he's younger. Yeah. Yeah. My boobs are nice and tight and high. <laughs> yeah. You're, you still got that tight bond, yeah. beardy. They yeah. are perky. I must you say. bounce a coin off of them. Just FYI, I was 23 when I started helping out at the Brewing Network. Really? I've given you guys all what? my good years. And you were 13 when you and Sam started dating, right? Yes. When I met you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. None of the days. <laughs> she moved in. She practically did. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah. I never rubbed one out to you when you were 13. I waited oh, till you were 18. Stop it. I waited till you were 18 and a half, Bebo, before I ever rubbed one out to you. And then I pulled that picture of you at 13. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like shame. I need more shame in my life. My post-masturbatory shame. That's right. I, well, Bebo, this is going downhill quickly. Quality, this is quality stuff out, here, by the way. Out of respect, I have not rubbed one out to you more than 30 or 40 times in my life. Post-baby or pre-baby? Just so you know. It was or definitely pre-baby. Total. This week or last week? <laughs> I don't even care. I'm a, I'm a pig. I don't care what. Is there one particular incident that you go back to, or is it just you have a fantasy in your mind that you replay? No. I can't even think of the last time I did it. Just so. in general? Just in hey. general. I'm so, like, can we end the show? I'm so, this escalated so quickly. Oh, speaking of escalating quickly. All right, oh. raise your hand in the room if you've don't. never rubbed one out to be Please don't. Tasty? Come on. No, I have not. Never? Like a sister. Oh, I love you. What about a partial one? Like, uh, she kind of came into your mind and then you no, pushed her out. No, no, no. Hey, that chick wow, on Pornhub kind of looks like Bev. No, I should, <laughs> I should skip this video. Yeah. I love that when, you, when you're searching the porn and it looks like ex-girl used to know. Yeah. And I keep waiting for the time where I'm like... Oh my God! No, that's her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't just look like her. Yeah. Yeah. She's done it. Yeah. Right? She finally fell off the, the wagon. I don't know what. <laughs> fell I, off the other guy's job. Right. Yeah. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, I was the only one to raise my hand. I know. I was going to say only tasty. <laughs> well, uh, well, we sorry. knew that. Oh, was and a bunch of guys yeah. in the bar raisers too. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. A bunch of wow. Yeah, they, they must be listening out there. Uh, Bebe. Bev just got called a hoe. <laughs> yeah, I got called a hoe because you guys can't keep your hands off your dicks. Well, that's a given. Can you can you blame it's me? Not our fault. <laughs> Have you seen this thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all lumpy. It's got a mind of its own. Stop it. <laughs> it's partially fused to my leg. It barely just, works yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's webbed, which I don't know how a circular thing can be webbed, but it grew together. It has yeah. a weird smell that won't go away no matter how much I scrub it. I've spent... A small child's clothing. I don't know. I have used Comet on this thing. <laughs> and it will not. Lava. Gojo. The amount of money I used on creams and ointments to pull the smell out could fundle, funnel Uganda into posterity. You guys should try Goo Gone. Yeah. Is that uh, that's, that's, that's for after. You know, that's what I used to clean up the room right. afterwards. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks well, to everybody uh, and Bevo for all the good times. <laughs> the 30 to 40 the good 30 times. 30 40. <laughs> the, the no more than 40 good times, but no less than 30 good times either. That's Minimum right. 30, maximum 40. One for every year of my life and the year that I was last healthy. All right. Also, again, just want to point out that 
other people besides just us are hearing this conversation. Oh, yeah. uh, are I, you sure? You know, I feel like the show's better when I forget that. Yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> exactly. Hey, guess what? I'm going on this house. Never mind. Good one. <laughs> Words are hard. Justin. Yeah. That's what I was guessing. She was going out as hat. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Guess where I'm going this holiday. <laughs> ah, ah. All right. Next week on the program, we're inviting we uh, Rye Bevel. Beviel. I never know. I, how to I think it's Bevel. 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 Rye Bevel back to the program. Uh, you remember he was kind of a, a Japanese beer expert for us. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. yeah. Great show. And he does, remember the magazine, he put Beardy yeah. on the cover. I'm um, still trying to get a high-res logo from uh, him. Okay. Yeah. Any anomaly does. Great well, thing. he reached out with it, and, and we, we just loved it, uh, with a great topic. You know, the the it's not just big Belgian slash American beer companies that are buying up breweries. It's uh, large Asian, Asian breweries as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, as you might have read in the news, Anchor recently right. got yeah. sold to uh, Sapporo. Sapporo yeah. um, and Rye had reached out saying, you know, hey, this is actually kind of a common uh, trend. You know, uh, Brooklyn, I think, is owned uh, mm-hmm. in part by yes. a large Asian brewery conglomerate. Asahi, I think. And uh, therefore, yeah. our, yeah. our 21A are involved in that as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. So Rye's going to come in and talk about that and how it's affecting the Asian beer market, the American hmm. beer market, and he's yeah. got some specific insight because he works so much in the beer industry there. So he's going to be on with us next week, That's and uh, we'll talk Excellent. about the uh, Asian beer buyouts that are happening. Great. Uh, and then I'm with you for the week after that, and then I'm uh, gone again. Gone again. <laughs> on the road. Here you go. Yeah, back to Colorado where it's getting cold. I don't like that. Yeah, to bring your snowshoes. Should have yeah. picked a warmer state. <laughs> are you Florida. driving? No, 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 no. I don't fly back now, but. I can't drive the Volkswagen back. Got to protect that old girl. <laughs> your your uh, uh, get your investment back. My prize position. I'm look. I'm gonna have to live in that thing one day when I fuck everything up. So I got to take care. You of You can't it. say that because it makes me nervous. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, he's got plenty of room. You guys can spoon okay, in the back good, of his. Yeah, yeah. Jim, he can have the penthouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. you and Taryn and the baby can have the penthouse. <laughs> So I got this real fast uh, since, you know, we don't have anywhere else to be. Yeah. Uh, Bev hasn't ordered food yet. Um, I, yes, I did. I'm I, waiting to go pick it up. I came across this uh, website for this article about how Americans get hurt. It's a, a chart of the most disproportionately common physical injury diagnosis in each state. Okay. You're talking about Florida, head injuries. Really? Which I think makes a lot of sense as to why so much lunch meat news came out of Florida. Sure. Mm. Uh, but in Colorado, suffocation. Really? Yeah. I almost suffocated there this on this last trip. Did you really? Yeah. Autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. yeah. On a big old dick or what? Yeah. I was lonely. Mo- I, what I was, was his name? Month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I, I thought a Bevo choking me out. Yeah, yeah. The air's thin up there. I asked yeah. for that. I, I did this to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I can you see own that. that. You yeah, can. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering, like the reason brought up. Why? Like, what the fuck Why goes on in there? That's yeah, my question. Right. I don't know. How close was head injuries? Right? Is it right behind that? Or was yeah, it, exactly. yeah, right, yeah. it just says the most. Well, and especially in Colorado, it's such like an outdoor state. I don't understand that. Like, it, you would think it would be like falling from high places, right. rock climbing, maybe oh, drowning, getting was, lost so in the mountains. It says the vast bite. majority of suffocation diagnoses were were for high hypoxemia. Okay. The medical term for low blood oxygen. Oh, so yeah. it's the from climbing the fucking yeah. mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Exertion of high it, attitude. That makes sense. Yeah. Is that so that's definitely not you. Pike's no, Peak is? No. Is that in Colorado? Yes. And they have these mountains that they call 14ers. 
And uh, the Coloradans like to compete to see how many 14ers they can do. And a 14er is a peak that's higher than 14,000 feet. I don't remember how many they have. Um, That's a lot. I want to say something like 9 or 12 or I don't know what. But anyhow, the deal with a 14er is that you have to do it in a day uh, because you you don't, like, camp at 14,000 feet. You got to go up and get back down. Yeah. So there's these hiking trails, and some of them are more uh, accessible than others. Uh, They kind of rank the 14ers. But it's like a thing there if you're a hiker is, oh, yeah, how many many 14ers you done, dude? God, I would vomit But you got to start at, like, 3 or 4 in the morning on some of them. Yeah. Depending yeah, on yeah. the the uh, how steep the grade is, because you got to get up there yeah. to the top and back down in your fucking twelve hour day. What do you think the California equivalent of a fourteener is? Fourteener is like how many avocados you can shove up your ass? I was or thinking it's like, like how many joints you can smoke in a day. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah. That made me. Is California's injury bong burns? Yeah. What is what, California's what is major injury? Motor vehicle accident. Okay. Oh, Nobody's yeah. surprised okay. by that. I believe that organ sprained back. My All the brewers, the patchouli packages. I have no idea. It might be the brewers. All the brewers, man. Exactly green. In North Dakota, sprained knee, for God's sakes. But yeah, Nevada, Colorado, uh, Utah. Um, gambling the Something else. That's all suffocation. <laughs> Huh. Why Nevada? I don't know. So that that's in the casino. That's centered around bunny ranches. I don't know why. Yeah. But that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. So the peak of the top of Half Dome is eight eight thousand eight hundred. Yeah. And I've done that, and it took like fourteen hours. Right. So I can't even imagine yeah, like, like doubling that. I know. And I, I guess you, I'm always wrong about things. So, but I'm pretty sure that's what a fourteener is, and that's why they call them fourteener. They're fourteen thousand feet, and you do it in a fucking day. It's kind of gnarly. Sounds hella dumb. Yeah, I'm not doing hmm. that. I, no, I'm not doing that either. No, I took the garbage out the other day. I walked to the end of the driveway and back. I did it in like fourteen minutes. I walked in here from my it's car. My, it's my fourteen. You smoked fourteen cigarettes yeah. on the way out to I had the fourteen curb. cigarettes. Fourteen minutes. Got that garbage out. That's my fourteen. My fourteener is is fourteen packs in a weekend. <laughs> you did a double fourteener. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, got you, fuckers. Yeah. I'll show you suffocation. 14 packs of cigarettes, 14 six packs. <laughs> Fucking get her done, bruh. Yeah. 14 rubs. <laughs> Rubbing tizugs. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Yes. Let's get out of here. Yes. Uh, thanks to Mother Earth uh, Bruco for being on the show and, uh, and sharing the beer. I'm still enjoying some of it. It's really yeah, good. man. All right. JP, it's all yours. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you later. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. We had some great tasting beers tonight from Mother Earth Brew Co. out of California and Idaho. Check them out at MotherEarthBrewCo.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to EarsUpPodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight at Homebrew Info and follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell at Tasty McD, Warren being stuck over at Another Beardy, and the great Beverly crushing cyberspace at Bevo One. But JP thinks Twitter's dead and you should follow him on Instagram instead at Major Jip. Today's show is produced by our very own 30 to 40 gal, Bevo, and your host has been Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewery Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, 
Ready? 